welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Frey White. I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. And Yo. today we have a very special guest, one of my near and dear friends uh, from the Yu-Gi-Oh! community who has since evolved and now is a Digimon tamer, uh, one of the best content creators and one of the earliest content creators in the Yu-Gi-Oh! community before it became so popular now. Uh, we have with us Cordero Spencer, a.k.a. Sexy Vexy. Welcome to the podcast. It's been a long time we've been trying to get you on, and I'm so happy to finally have you here. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, but one of my friends told me I had to do this. <laughs> oh, oh shit, the not the fan. <laughs> I had to bring it out. Yeah, well, that's a classic. We know you for uh, bringing out the fan, you know, for doing your old school Yu-Gi-Oh! drama videos and like... I even at one point I remember during the pandemic, uh, something happened where you like lost your channel, and that I'm, was sad. I oh was my crying god, my eyes out. That was the saddest moment for me as well, as far as like how long I've known you and I know how much effort you put into your channel. Uh, I remember I didn't know that you had so many fucking subscribers on YouTube. Like you legit are a content creator. Like it, it's crazy. You're one of the biggest ones in the community. Uh, especially going back like 10 years. I've known you for over 10 years now, which is so weird. Yeah, back about. in 2011. Yes. Like I, we met at YCS Columbus, I believe. Yep. Uh, and that's when I first joined ARG. That was the first event that I joined ARG. And I believe you were already on ARG, right? I think I was. Yeah, yeah we, we met at Columbus. And so I guess to start off this podcast episode, I do want to start with like how we met and how you even ended up on Team ARG and like mm-hmm. your role and being a content creator and like growing your channel. So how did you end up with Jim McMahon, like the rest of us and on that super team? How did that happen? Well, do you remember you? Of course, you remember. Remember Alex, the Thunderpants? Yes, Alex Van Sant. He was the one that messaged me and told me that I need to be on ARG. This is like the newest thing. We got all the pro players on there. We got Jeff, you, Billy, everybody's on there. He's like, you need to message him. Get on there because you're really good at content creating. You're good with the news and all the rant videos and stuff. So then I slid in Jim's DMs and messaged him and say, look, my name is blah, blah, blah. Mexicans 4666. I actually put HBIC, all that stuff on there. <laughs> and then he told me, yeah, sure, you can be on there. I seen he, uh, Alex and I think Jeff, I'm not sure about Jeff. I think Jeff told him a little bit about me, too. So then he told me, let's do a trial run, see how you do. And then everything went good. I started posting up deck profiles and stuff. And he was really impressed, like how fast I can post up deck profiles. Because I was till this day, I am the fastest at posting up news, even though I don't do Yu-Gi-Oh! no more. I'm yeah. still the fastest. You used to, yeah, you used to have that shit. If some tea happened in the community, Cordero had that shit on his channel ASAP. Like any drama that happened, somebody important got robbed or like somebody got banned or something crazy happened at an event. Uh, you know, I remember like the, the remember the Nazar. Stuff that happened back in the day. Oh, yeah. I had front row center that info. Yep. There was a lot of stuff. And somehow you would sometimes not even be at the event and still know what happened at the event. And I would be at the event and I wouldn't even know. I would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then funny thing, I'd be texting you like, did this just happen? And you'd be like, how the fuck did you know that? Yeah. Like, like, I got eyes everywhere. I'm like, that literally. That's fine. He's like the master of whispers from Game of Thrones. He's like Varys, like Lord Varys, who just like knows like everything. He wouldn't know shit. As it was unfolding, and I'm sitting there looking around like, you're not even here. How do you know who just got jumped in the parking lot? Like, how do you yeah. know? I'm like, I'm just like Merrick had that Millennium Ride and got eyes and controlling people. Got all the info. So where did Yu-Gi-Oh! start for you as far as being a player? Like, how did you get into the game? Did you used to watch the anime or what was it for you? Well, for me, at first I was into Pokemon. And then I saw the show on TV. I'm like, oh, this looks fun. I'm like, tell my mom, I'm like, 
Uh, don't be mad. I kind of want to get into another card game. This looks like a lot of fun watching anime and stuff. By the way, my mom was the one that got me into anime. Oh, that's, oh, that's really awesome. cool. That is actually yeah, awesome. that is such a unique relationship because I actually do not know a single mother in my life that actually knows anime, like loves I, anime and stuff. I don't know anyone. Well, top of my head, I have one other friend that I that I have, and I'm jealous of him too. His mom got him in the anime, and his dad got him in the D and D. And like he said, like growing up, like he would watch anime with his mom, and he would play D and D with his mom and his dad. And I was like, "What the fuck? Yeah, that's that sounds insane. awesome." Yeah, right. I I know nothing of the sort. Uh, the only thing I had growing up is that my dad is a gamer, but not like how I play Final Fantasy and Mega Man and stuff like that that I grew up on. He just plays like all the sports games, so Madden, 2K, stuff like that. Like he played Home Run Derby, and that that was kind of fun and boxing and stuff. But he never basically just sports. Like my dad is just a sports head. His channel at his house is always on ESPN twenty four seven. So there was we couldn't really relate too much, except maybe every once in a while I play like Tekken and he pick up the sticks and somehow beat me, even though he doesn't really play those kind of games. But he still just I guess knew better hand eye coordination than I did. But yeah, you have a mom who genuinely loves anime as well, so she got you into uh, Pokemon and like anime and stuff. So yeah, she got me into that Power Rangers. Uh, let's see, Super. Mar- Remember when Mario was a thing? Like yes. Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Yes. She got me all of those things. Damn, that is so crazy. Cool. So, do you know your mom's favorite anime right now? Currently, she likes uh, Prince of Tennis, and she is liking My Hero Academia. But my mom so likes cool. to watch that specific anime English dub because my mom always doing a crossword puzzle or something, so she has to focus on watching it instead of like you know just listening to it in English dub. Yeah. But she's been watching yeah. both. That's pretty cool. Damn, that's cool as shit. So <laughs> and she's very sad to happen this Prince week. Prince of Tennis is a cool pick. Oh, yeah, she likes it because it just came back. I heard good things about Prince of Tennis. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's a sports anime, and I've said this for a long time. Sports anime, it's, it's like the next frontier for a lot of anime fans because what I've noticed is there's a lot of anime fans that don't really like sports. It makes me. sense because we're me. nerds. I'm talking about Frasier, but not just Frasier. Almost all of my friends that are in the anime don't like sports. That's true, Me and right? In terms of watching sports, I like playing sports, but I don't yeah. like watching them. But anyway, watch them. Um, anyway, the point is, they're like, I, I don't like sports. I'm not watching this basketball anime or this tennis anime. But then when you actually watch them, you realize, holy shit, these things are like, it's insane how interesting anime can make a sport that you don't care about. Yeah, because uh, I have no incentive to watch actual sport, sporting games and stuff like that, uh, except like, I like championships, right? So I'll watch the Super Bowl because that's like more of a social gathering. And I'll watch the halftime show. The halftime show, definitely halftime show, especially next year is going to be Rihanna. That's going to be insane. Uh-huh. Uh, long time coming. And then she's probably dropping an album. Don't want to get too sidetracked. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm genuinely happy that Rihanna might be returning to music. But uh-huh. yes, I'll watch like the Super Bowl with friends and that's more social, like drinking event. And then NBA championship. I'll usually watch the playoffs at the NBA like throughout and that type of thing. But as far as being fully invested, I just love how riled up everyone gets over sports in real life. And, and, then, yeah. and like, you can't, you have no effect on it whatsoever, but people get so emotional. People get, dude, the Phillies right now are doing really good. They're in the playoffs or whatever. Yeah, and they're going far so far. I only know this because I work in a sports bar and dog, the fucking energy in that place yesterday was insane. Like, People were screaming their heads off. It was insane. I can only imagine because right now in Philadelphia, the Eagles are undefeated and as yeah. far as football. And then the Phillies are going deep in the playoffs. 
And no yeah, one so Philly's hype right now. Yeah, no one expected the Phillies to be doing what they're doing. Like this, I heard, I heard that a lot of people were just surprised that they are doing like they could be in the World Series soon, and that is crazy considering how the season started and stuff for them. But yeah, I am not the biggest sports person. I just kind of keep up with it from Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, like whatever's trending at the time. But I'm not like everyone knows, like I'm not some real sports guy. Like I'm not same week to yeah. week. But okay, so Cordero. How uh-huh. did you get into Yu-Gi-Oh specifically? Like, what what happened? How did you start playing the cards in real life? For me, it was like after I watched the first episode, you know, Yu-Gi Summon Exodia, mm-hmm. Zodia Obliterate, and then I went to Toys R Us, got cards. You know, back then when Toys R Us had like the little league, hobby league thing? Yeah. Yes. I think a lot of people don't know about that. That's how I feel like I'm old. I remember the God yeah. cards from that. The, they were like the actual color of the yeah, Egyptian the little fake one that you get from the I think it was from the Game Boy Advance. Yes. The Game Boy Advance game. They look so cool too. Like Slifer's card is actually red, Obelisk card is actually blue, and Ross card is actually yellow. I used to summon those bad boys back then in Toys R Us days. And then I learned from there, from playing there, I learned that oh, they actually got real locals and stuff. So then I started going to my locals in Chicago. And I'm like, oh, this are real locals and stuff. Here I'm thinking I'm playing the game, right? And stuff, you know, like summoning blue eyes and stuff. And then I actually <laughs> learned from two people, Chris and Gus married couple i don't think i'm married anymore but they taught me how to play how to do like the real like summoning single tributes and all that stuff mm-hmm. do it the correct way and then from there just history i just love how literally every Yu-Gi-Oh player somehow has the same exact start from the like at least the ones that are around our age because all of us essentially started with playing the the game the way the show did it like we did yeah. not tribute some in. We didn't have a ban list. We didn't care what was semi-limited or whatever. We play whatever we wanted in our deck and our deck could be any size. Your extra deck was any size and you would just summon a monster. Like I'm summoning summon skull. I don't care. He's a one tribute, nothing like that. It's just like, yep. And I'll summon my blue eyes and attack over it. And then you flip a track. You did it. Yeah. And that's how we all learned. It's so weird that we all collectively, like I barely even read the effects of cards if they did something different in the show. So I remember always wanting the living arrow to come out because yes. in the show, Yugi did so much crazy shit with the living arrow. Like I'm going to fuse, I'm going to use polymerization with the living arrow to fuse with mammoth graveyard so that it can fucking infect your blue eyes, ultimate dragon and start killing it from the inside. Yeah, <laughs> like, I saw just, that. I was like, Oh my God. I was tomb world was insane. I used to tell my friends that if I activate tomb world and I like have a tomb monster, you can't actually attack it. Like, I would just tell him, like, you can't interact with it because it's in Toon World after my turn ends. So, like, I would do what Pegasus did. He, the shit would come out of a book, it would attack the person, and then it would go back in, and they couldn't do anything about it until they got rid of Toon World. It was crazy. Those days bring back memories, especially, like, with Joey. I used to I used to act like Joey with Graceful and Skull Dice. Oh, no, roll the two. No, your attack is divided by, divided in half. Not no minus 200 and stuff. Yeah, like, that's wild. I, I used to do it just like that. All yeah. anime. <laughs> So did you used to play any of the Yu-Gi-Oh uh, video games too? Like Fall oh, and stuff like that. Um was it Forbidden Memories was a big one. Forbidden Memory, uh Sacred Cards. Sacred Cards, mm-hmm. all the all the chaos games that was on the PC is three of them. One yep. was the Yugi game, Kaiba. Yep. And Destruction. Yep. Yeah, I remember those too. The Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Kaiba, of the Rose of Roses. Oh yeah, my Duel god, Duel Duel of Rose. yep, Roses was so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good yeah so the crazy thing is you are one of the very few content creators who has topped a ycs like you actually i still don't know how i did that you were the first one to text me too because y'all you were not at that event you text me and said is this true that you topped i couldn't believe it wait was that ohio 20 like 16 or something yes i actually i actually was there i just got scraped (laughs) but didn't you go out drinking i did because remember 
That was it was a con yeah. that happened at like some kind of uh, it was like it was not Gen Con, but it was some kind of con, Ohio Con or some shit. I forget what it was called, but there was some kind of con for that event going on in the same building. So like we were in essentially a convention that happened to have a Yu-Gi-Oh! YCS in it. And I believe you played Jake Finney. You were playing. Was it Magic Specters or something like that? Demise. 42 card Demise Magic Specters. Yes. And that was your own homebrew. Like you completely made that shit up because I did not see anybody else playing anything like that. And you actually could have won. I know you know that part. You I know that. No, don't even bring that up. I got to bring it up. You actually, Cordero could have been a YCS champion. Yeah, for I probably could have. Isn't that crazy to think about Cordero? Like, you could have yeah. legitimately. But you know what? Uh, shout out to Jake. I think he, he was yeah. the one who won that event, right? Yeah, that could have been me. That is crazy. You could have eliminated Jake, and all you had to do was say attack. It was like the show. When well, Jake... I activated, but my dumb butt, I don't know. I don't know if I got excited or what. I played card to Demise first. And you can't do damage. swung at him. Yep. I don't that know why little, I did that. That was literally all it took. And and Jake Finney would not have been a YCS champion. It's crazy how something so small and simple happens. But that's that's Yu-Gi-Oh! for you. It's a lot of great stories behind this game. But yeah, most content creators in Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, did not have actual like Yu-Gi-Oh! credentials like that, like on the level of a YCS. Because well, topping a YCS is really difficult. It still is. It's, it always has been. Like even oh, yeah, It's is, harder now. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly hard. There's so much competition. I think that in general, the game is harder also and the game is also just so different but yeah you you accomplished something that a lot of people hadn't but the world is slowly shifting where you have a lot of the uh better players really good players and even players of the past who are now changing into the world of content creation and you see this now with yes. people like dominic couch just started a channel with another watch yep. champion i believe his name is like kobe um or cody Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. I just started watching you guys' first video like this week. Uh, so shout out to Dom Dom's uh, YouTube channel. But you have some of the he used to live by me. Who Dom? Mm-hmm. So like you're from the Chicago area, right? Same with Marcus too. Yes, I know Marcus because I remember when I first met Marcus, he was like, "Yeah, I'm from Chicago," and he was just like basically a kid who really wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I remember well. him growing up, and now look at him. And today, actually, the anniversary when he won that YCS. Today is. Today's the anniversary. Wow, that's actually crazy. I was there. I was there for that event. Like I that, was there. That might be my last Yu-Gi-Oh top, actually. I think that was when I played Magic Spectre Metal Foes, and uh, that was my own homebrew. So it looks like me and you both are good at doing that. Yeah, I played Magic... No, me and no, me and Jeff both played Demise Dark Magician, both with like different twists. At that event? Yep. Yeah, I remember... I think people were playing Blue Eyes, too. I feel like Billy was playing Blue yeah, Eyes. Yeah, it was Blue it was Blue Eyes and um, uh, what's that deck called? See, this is how bad. That's, I remember that, uh, Metal Foe like was the deck at that time. That was mm-hmm. like, the deck that won. I believe the finals was like a Metal Foe mirror match or something. But yeah, Blue Eyes was a kind of a counter to it because of the one synchro they had that you couldn't summon more than one monster at a time. So you couldn't go pen five. I think it's Blue Eyes Spirit Dragon or something like that. Blue Eyes White Spirit Dragon. But yes, yep. that's some. That's like a just crazy memories there that we both like topped around this in the same year with uh magic spec i don't even really put that together but more importantly um to my original point like you have a lot of players who are really good at the game making channels making podcasts now i was saying that and it is weird because back in the day like most most of the content creators like they, they just did that they didn't really play that much you know they play casually at like locals and stuff like that and at ycs they just kind of go around making vlogs or whatever and now Literally, the best players, the people who are topping and winning the events are all doing content. It's crazy. Or like doing a Metafy of some sort. It's so weird saying that nowadays. It's like, it used to be just like, you think of it back, the original old school people were like, 
M. Cole 40, yep. Yu-Gi-Oh! Girl 2009, uh, Little Little One XX. Audrey Tan, Aubrey Tan. Yeah, Audrey, Audrey did when Dale had a channel. Yep. Uh, Pearl Winston. Yep, definitely Jarrell. Me, yep, uh, Slam, Asian Persuasion, Dub K Dad. Oh, yeah, Dub K Dad one is actually one of our uh, yep. patrons. Yep. But, but yeah, it's crazy how now the the community has just shifted so much. And I see like a lot more podcasts popping up and I see a lot more channels popping up. And I'm happy to see that type of stuff. Like I am not Same. a gatekeeping kind of person. I think that it's really good to have like this is this is just another way that the community can grow and get bigger and bigger. Uh, why limit ourselves and just like not have more content creators? We have people who do YouTube. You have people who do podcasts. You have people who do like Metify. Some people streaming. Do streaming. Yep, that's another thing. You got a lot of big streamers out there too. And yeah, it's really dope to see that because at one point I thought all of that stuff was reserved for video games. Like I always had it in my head that Same. like video games would basically be the only kind of streaming that would get big as far as like, you know, Fortnite and Halo, whatever, whatever games, mostly mostly shooting games and stuff. But I always had it in my head that like, oh yeah, it was just gonna be the video game people. And then Yu-Gi-Oh! would always have this kind of a closed off community where yeah, we'll do YouTube videos, but it's mostly just deck profiles and like pack openings because I know people fucking love that type of stuff. I can't do it. I could never do uh, pack openings. I think that's the boringest thing in the world. Just yeah. like some open packs. For and then you got to do that face reactions. I can't do that. For me Yo, personally, I can't. The, I have a problem with reactions. There's reactions are so often fake. Like there's on there's like honest reactions. But then, for example, have you ever seen a music reaction, like somebody reacting to a song? No. It is always the fakest shit ever, because they're just like, they're just like aggressively bobbing their head. Yeah, and and like nobody really list. listens yeah. to music like that, bobbing <laughs> their head that fucking much. It's so aggressive. And then like, let's say it's a rap song. They'll say like a line and they'll go, like, just make like some really yep. dumb face. And I don't know, like, I've listened to songs and like had reactions, but it's, Always, I don't know. It's when you watch a music reaction, you just see how fucking fake and forced it is. It's like, oh, yeah, it's content. I agree with you on the reaction videos often being uh, basically just clout chasing videos. I feel like oftentimes reactions are not real. Like if you're putting a camera in front of your face with the intent that you're going to watch something and like kind of react to it, unless it's something that genuinely does bring out a level of excitement out of you that you didn't expect. For example, reveals. I can understand a reveal. Like when we did the Sora reveal. Yes. Like we legit. That, yeah. Because that was the last character for Smash Ultimate. And so we didn't even know who it was going to be. Like there were rumors. There were definitely rumors that it was going to be Sora. But in my head, I was like, there's no fucking way Sora's coming to Smash. Like yeah. that's not real. So when you actually see the, the trailer, like the teaser for it, and it doesn't look like anything. Like Mario goes over to some fire. He reaches his hand in. He throws something. And then you start to see that it's a fucking keyblade. Like that was wild because again, I just never expected in a million years that we always voted for it. Yes, everybody was super excited about it. So that was like a genuine reaction. But I feel like some of them, for example, like opening packs of cards to me. And again, like I love opening packs. I love getting like rare things, but I don't break my chair and like fucking knock everything off over my desk and fall out and go crazy. Like it's not, it's never that. that. It's never that. But yeah, that's what kind of videos do you like doing for YouTube, especially like back in the day when you were heavy in the content creating world? Like for me, it was like always Jack profiles. I used to like watching people's blogs because I was fun. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to blog. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try this. I'm like, nah. And then it's like, you remember my old segment? Bitch, please know your rulings. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Yu-Gi-Oh! rulers used to be fucking wild. I don't know if they still are, but I, I imagine they have they to be. They are. From the, from the judges group, I'm like, I don't judge anymore. Plus, 10 plus years. But it's like, I don't judge no more, but I still look in the group. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. I, sh- I, sh- I feel like sometimes I should come back and bring back these old judge rulings and stuff. I'm like, I can't do it. Yu-Gi-Oh! evolved too much. You used to be a judge. I forgot all about that. Yep. How'd you get into I, that? Uh, you remember, remember, you remember Bertha, Yu-Gi-Oh girl? I don't know why that sounds familiar, but I could not put a face to that name. You probably do. But like, she used to judge and like, I wanted to judge and a lot of other people from Chicago were judging. I'm like, this seems like fun. I want to learn more about the game so I can evolve into it. And then from there, I like started judging regionals, too many regionals, done too many demos, mall tours, oh, judge damn. worlds, judge worlds, um, did a couple of nationals. Tons of YCS and Shonen Jumps when they were back then. Oh, okay. I'm remembering now. It's all coming back to me. So it's crazy. This is like a decade. Okay, so we met a, over a decade ago, but it's all coming back to me now. You definitely used to be a judge. Like, uh-huh. I remember now, Cordero, I my shirt. Was, Cordero was so cool as a judge because if anything was going down, Cordero would like low-key let you know. He'd be like, yo, this is how they're ruling this this weekend. Or like, this is what's uh-huh. happening. And that's why Bitch Know Your Rules was a thing, because you will find yep. out. There were YCSs. Uh, the one I can think about that was the most absurd, or like in my memory anyway, because I'm sure there's more. But one of the rulings that was so absurd was, I think it was YCS Atlanta, one of the years, they ruled that chain disappearance went into the extra deck. So like, if you summon, if you summon Dante, who has a thousand attack from the extra deck, and I chain disappearance it, it would take the other Dantes out of the extra deck. And that was fucking wild. Like, that was so insane because the card says, like, yeah, banish all copies out of the deck, hand or whatever, and then, you know, be done with it. But they somehow interpreted it for that one event that that meant go in the extra deck and remove all copies. So that Friday, Hell yeah. once people found out about that ruling, everybody was going crazy about Chain Disappearance. It was Armageddon. I remember that. Yep. Uh, rare copies of Chain Disappearance were going for, like, $25. It was so ridiculous. And then I ended up, I just had the card and I ended up signing it and then never using it. And it was just so dumb. I hate, rulings can just literally, you come to a tournament all prepared and then a ruling, you hear about some crazy shit and it just completely changes everything. Like the whole weekend is now, I won't say ruined, but like you have to take into consideration because those rulings are often impactful, like very, very impactful. Yep. Cause I remember, do you remember like always like when like a new ruling would come up and I would, t- I would, I would text you or the group chat back yep. when we were in, back when we were in the air, you tell everybody new ruling, this or stuff, or, or like you're in an event out, but I'll tell you like, you know, this, this got updated like this, this happened like this, yeah. this changed this. I used to tell you everything. Yeah. That was really helpful. I mean, I literally think that sometimes I did well at events because of just knowing rulings that some people just didn't know. And that's, that's kind of a part of being a, a competitor in Yu-Gi-Oh! is that the rulings change the outcome of the game so much, like even little stuff. And yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. So I, I always thankful for those those messages, those group chats and stuff like that. But yeah, you you definitely were a judge. I'm thinking about you in the uniform now, like all is coming back to me. I still have it. Yeah, I still got mine too. I haven't judged a regional in a long time because all I ever did was judge regionals. Like I never did a YCS. I did I always, too. I always competed. Oh no, I did YCSs. Getting those boxes. I pulled too many tour guys when tour guy was like hot. And then the mats and stuff that you guys get, the judge dinners. I always did want to do that stuff, but like I love it's competing fun. so much that it's really hard for me to give up the competitor part of like now it'd probably be easier for me now if I was the judge of YCS. I could totally be like, well, I don't play the game like the way I used to. So it would be very easy exactly. for me to kind of do it now. But at the same time, 
I feel like I don't want to be a bad judge, so I would need to keep up with the game and like all the crazy rulings mm. that the game has right now. And I don't want to do that to people where you kind of walk up to a table and they call a judge and you just have no fucking idea what you're talking about. I've seen a lot of that. You're just the there day. for the free product and or not free, but like you're there for the the gifts and the product and the compensation. Yeah, you get paid now. You don't. You really don't get packs anymore. You get paid. Oh, that's right. Konami switched over to doing. Have you judged under the payment system? Like, have you been a judge when they switched over to that? No. I okay. think I I think I quit right when they was about to start. Okay. What do they pay? Like, what is it? Minimum wage, whatever, whatever, whatever the minimum wage of the state. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So in Philadelphia, wonder, unfortunately, it's really bad. But in California, okay. where I think it's fifteen dollars. I was going to say, I wonder, does that? Do you make enough money to even buy a box? You do because the way. Oh, yeah. So you're required to be <laughs> okay. on site as a judge around like eight a.m., nine a.m., like really early. Uh, Try seven okay. o'clock. You yeah, early. yeah, you're there really early, Kenny. So like, but then you're there really late too. So yeah, yeah. So you're judging from for me, it would be like eight a.m. until nine or ten p.m. So I'm doing over twelve hours. So even yeah. with minimum wage of Philadelphia being or like PA being eight twenty five or whatever it is, I don't even know our minimum wage. I'm gonna be honest. It sound I guess in one way that's kind of I, ignorant, but like I just I don't know. know. If it's going up. I, I know that it was forever like seven eighty something. Yeah, I actually don't know what when I'm not even looking. I don't even care because minimum wage is such a fucking joke at this point that it it, like whatever it is is not okay. But minimum wage in Philly is under ten dollars, and yeah. I never judged for a compensation because even before they started physically like actually paying us real money, they would give you like oh a box or like two boxes, and then you get your thirty dollars stipend for lunch, which I also. Yep. The stipend was crazy because thirty dollars. I, ne- I me personally, my lunch doesn't normally cost anywhere near that. So the fact they were always Damn. that generous, I love the fact that the stipend was that high. Um, that's 30- more than they give you for jury duty. Yeah, that's actually correct. Like jury duty gives you ten dollars at most. So getting thirty dollars for for a stipend for lunch was always wild to me. And then we had running terminal across the street from uh, Philly Regionals and running terminal. If you've never been there, if you've ever been to Philly, please visit that place. It's very busy. It's very like crowded area, but it's one of the best things in all of Philly as far as food goes. There's so many things to choose from. There's like Amish barbecue. There's these great cheesesteak places. There's uh, all these desserts and stuff that I go to. There's a banana pudding lady that I love called Sweet Nina's. I just went yesterday actually to the Reading Terminal. I usually go on Saturdays and I load up. Like I buy so much random shit and I just bring it all home and eat it over the next couple of days. Um, but it's amazing. And Philly Regional is always directly across the street from that or kind of connected. And Getting thirty bucks and being able to go there and just know that like this isn't my money, I just get to spend this however I want was was really fun. So it, judging for me was always just a fun way to still be around Yu Gi Oh, spend a day doing something Yu Gi Oh related, but not having to have my brain and anxiety focused on competing because competing gives me anxiety. Like it just naturally has always yeah. made me like the morning of a YCS, I'm always like super nervous, uh, hoping that I do well, hoping that I chose the right deck, hoping that I have the right side deck cards, hoping I don't get blindsided, hoping I don't play my worst matchup. And all of those things just compound and make me, like, usually my stomach hurts and I'm always, it's a whole thing. Like, people don't even know, even after you top fucking 15 times, 20 times, I still, before round one goes up, would have butterflies in my stomach. Like, I would just feel like, all right, here we go again. Can I do it again? Like, is it is this the last time? Um mm. But, you know, you get out of it. You get out on a high note. <laughs> you get out. You get out making a 51 card homebrew and still top top 16 in OICS with that. And then, uh, yeah, it's a good so, spot to dip out. So, Cordero, you again, we we brought up earlier that you did uh, top of YCS. Did you test for that event with your deck? Because, again, I've never seen Magic Specter Demise. I feel like that wasn't 
a, a popular deck. I feel like you really did kind of pioneer that shit. Uh, you want to know the truth? What's the truth? I think I, I think I said it in my deck profile. I don't remember. Me and my friend uh, Ian, shout out to you. Uh, I went to that event, did not know what I want to play, but remember, Burning Abyss was like the number one deck. Right. And for odd reason, I had Magic Specters. Anybody that knows me, especially my channel, I like spellcasters. I like fairies. So I'm like, I had all the Magic Specter cards, and I had I just got the Mises. I'm like, I wonder if I can put these together. And then I played the only card. I don't think nobody else. No, no, no. I know for a fact nobody else did not play this. I played Pendulum Reborn. That trap card. Yeah, I don't know if you. Know, I know it, you know has this, it, it has. It's, it's like it looks like a butterfly almost. It has a yep. really crazy symbol. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna put three of these in here. I'm gonna play all the Mirror Forces besides the original Drowning Mirror Force, Storming Mirror Force, so oh, I can yes. bounce back stuff, Tornado, everything. So you're that deck kind five of, minutes before the tournament. It was kind of an anti-Burning Abyss deck, right? Because it did really yeah. well in that matchup. I didn't lose to no Burning Abyss besides Jake when I should have won. Yeah. Oh my god. And I, I, and, I pl- and I played five of them. So you were just stomping all the Burning Abyss. Where was your record yeah. in Swiss? Uh, X11. I think I got in at 30, 30th place or 31. I know I was in like the last three spots. Damn. I know when they call your name, I was so fucking happy, even though I probably was a little tipsy. <laughs> you like, were. I remember. You were. I was. I had such a good time with that. Despite not doing well. So I think for that event, right before it, uh, me and Sean McCabe had topped with Cosmo Demise and at Providence. And I believe that's the event that Tamid won. So yep. YCS Providence. I, I did profile him. Yes. So YCS Providence was before that. And this is when Card of the Mize, like we just talked with Card of the Mize. The card's crazy. And then we tried to play the same exact deck for Ohio, and it just did not. I guess people were more prepared for it. Also, uh, Monarchs were a big deck at the time, and Monarchs just destroys Cosmo. I don't care how many cards you draw off of Demise and all that. The Monarch deck just put that deck in the coffin. And I think I ended up playing Monarchs really early on. I just got destroyed. And that was like the end of my tournament. I was like, all right, well, I'm still here at a con. I'm still going to enjoy myself. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I did. But then when I saw that you were, you had topped and you had made it so you know far and got like got to a point where basically you have game. I was like, yo, if Cordero wins this event, this is going to be the craziest shit in the entire history of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, that would have been the craziest thing in all of, like honestly, in all of Yu-Gi-Oh! Even Austin Coleman winning at like 11 years old because it would have just been a content creator, like somebody who's mainly known for like judging. Also, like judges don't usually win. I can't think of no. too many judges who have like won. Like they started out as a judge primarily, and then they won an actual I, YCS. Like it's. I can't think of no judge like that. It's hard to even think about judges who topped. Honestly, like not even even further than that. Like somebody who, because like I'm the opposite. I started off as a player. I won a YCS, and then I started judging regional. So it's like okay, well you were already like a, a competitor before. And so now you're judging, like you just switched your uniform, but like to go the other way where you start off as a judge or start off as someone who does content stuff like that. And then you become like a pro player, or like a top player or start doing well at events. There's not much of that ever in the community. Uh, you want to know, know a fun fact? When I got that top, I have never topped the regional. Oh shit. So like that for That's you, awesome. that was big for you. That was, that was, that was big. Yeah. Never top the regional. I always get like top 12, top 16, but never like top eight. Did you call your mom or text your mom and say, mom, I just topped the YCS? Hell yeah. I think I, face- <laughs> I, think I, 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 think I FaceTimed her. Cause she oh didn't understand God. what was going on. She's like, why are you calling me? She's like, concentrate and call me back when you win. I love that. I love the supportive mom. The fact that you can call, I could not call my mom or dad. Well, no, I did talk to my dad, but my mom has no idea how anything Yu-Gi-Oh related works. Like if I said I won a tournament, she would just honestly deadpan be like, oh, nice son. Like, congrats. 
Oh, but, yeah. like, she doesn't understand the gravity of what it means in our world, like, how big it is. And that is, in a weird way, kind of a cool thing, too, because and when you're in the Yu-Gi-Oh! community, like, we live in our own special world where a YCS and national stuff like that, these things are huge to us. Like, they're, they're just, there are Super Bowls, there are NBA championships, they're the World Series for us. But then, when you leave the event and you just go back to regular life, it's like, yeah... You you just existed in this world where these things are so exciting, but people on the outside have no idea what is going on. It's kind of like reading a book. Exactly. But yeah, you were able to uh, talk to your mom about it. And has your mom, was she a player at any point? Like, did she used to play the game with you or like, did she just watch she the show? She did for a quick minute. She watched the show. Like, her favorite character from the original series was mine. She liked the Harpy Ladies. And then she fell in love with Yu Gi Oh! GX. So she liked Chaz. And the whole Chaz it up speech thing. I, I hated. Oh my god, I hated Jesus. My mom loved that character. Chaz it up. I hated him. I didn't like him. My one friend used to play Arm Dragon. His name's Maurice. He used to play Arm Dragon. So back when GX was airing, uh, I was always an original Yu-Gi-Oh series guy. So I just like Merrick and Bakura. That was me. And kind of Chad. Yes, I always liked the original series. So when they switched over to Jaden Yuki and like Bastion and all those guys. I hated all of that. Like Zane was kind of cool, but even still, I just felt like he was a ripoff Kaiba. Yep. So then when Chaz was a character, my one friend just absolutely loved arm dragon. I couldn't deal. And I would go out of my way to play him and destroy him. Cause he would just play an arm dragon deck. Like, and I would not let his shit evolve to the last level. Like he wanted to get the arm dragon level seven. I just would never let it happen. So you mean, yeah, I mean, that's how I am. I get off to other people like him him not getting to do what his deck was designed to do made me happy like that's how fucked up of a person i was as far as like dueling goes i just got off to that like that made me that brought me happiness that he never got to see him dragon level seven see, rude. i think me and you have the same type of like how like torturing people yep. i used to do the same stuff because yama merrick was my favorite character i always to this day even with digimon i will laugh and taunt my opponent act like the tv show character yeah. just have fun and win yeah, I mean, Merrick, Merrick used to inflict mental health issues on people. Like, he would attack you on a fucking psychological level. That guy was wild. But yeah, still my, my favorite character. Yeah, my favorite series is still always going to be the original the original anime. Not not the original original, because if you know, you know. That's back when, yeah. uh, you know, Yugi used to just kill people. But the original trading card game anime. All right, so I have some questions for you as far as your life building a youtube channel and stuff how did you go about building a following like what types of things did you do to kind of set yourself apart and just like grow your channel because again like i said you have over twenty thousand subscribers on youtube which is crazy that like there are twenty thousand people out there who come to your channel for information for ruling updates for drama for deck profiles like all those different things that you used to talk about um how did you grow it to that level to be honest, to this day, I'm still surprised they grew that that way for like X amount of years. It's like for me, first, it's like, like I told you, like the original uh, Yugi tubers with like MCO40. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this probably a lot better than Robbie and stuff. I like drama. <laughs> Everybody knows I like drama. Any, any drama, I know about it. Any tea, ruling. So I'm like, maybe I can do segments like this. And then I used to watch other, not, not Yugi tubers, but YouTubers. And like they had like their little sitcoms and stuff. I'm like, I can turn this into a segment. People would like this. Like, bitch, please know your rulings. Mm-hmm. Like my like my favorite YouTuber was uh, it's Kingsley bitch. 
I'm oh, like, I used to love him. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I remember him. Oh, I used to yeah. love Kingsley because he he appealed to a very broad audience, despite the fact that like obviously he was speaking from a very specific perspective. Like he's he's a gay black man, and he yep. had like that funny sass tone. But he was just so funny because that was back in the day when like this is before Instagram and Snapchat and like all of the other things where people make content like Vine. It was before all of that, so you had like Hot Damn I Rock. Kingsley, there were a bunch of those kind of comedy channels, and they were huge back then for us. And so, yeah, that's I literally how my channel evolved from that, like King Batch and stuff. You remember, mm-hmm. remember, because back then we still had MySpace. Well, so I used to use all that MySpace. See, I, actually, I know man, I feel old. I never had MySpace, even though I was around for MySpace. And this is you definitely making it. us sound old as shit. But yep. I never had a MySpace because I always got confused. Yo, from MySpace, you had the fucking right code. You had the yep. you <laughs> you had the right code. Yeah, yeah, you learned coding through MySpace. <laughs> Yo, MySpace taught kids HTML for real. Yes, mm-hmm. people were doing the crazy. I never understood, and it's not that it's not that I couldn't learn. I just did not. I, it didn't interest me to have my page play like Chingy or Chameleonaire or whatever fucking people. When you go on people's channel, there would just be music playing. I hated it so much because every page i went to so i'm from philly and all of the philly girls back when uh myspace was a thing would just have like philly's baddest bitch or just like philly's hottest and i i couldn't stand it it was such a standard thing it, it was just not for me i never liked myspace but i understand i understand the appeal of it and then i remember all the drama with people having like their top eight um, you know, your 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 closest friends, like your top eight friends. Was it called top eight? I feel like it was yeah, called top eight, top four. And if you didn't have them in your top eight, top four, they'll be calling you say, Why am I not in your top eight? Why am I not in your top six? So much drama with that shit. I never appreciated that. I never liked it. I'll, top eight for me was always just Yu-Gi-Oh! I'd rather just top that rather than being somebody's top eight for friendship. I didn't give a fuck about none of that. So for me, I literally just didn't make a MySpace. Um, and every time I would try to go to someone's MySpace page, it would take forever to load because the internet just wasn't what it is now back in the day. So you click on somebody's MySpace, and depending on how much nonsense they have on their page, it could literally take you like two minutes before their page fully shows itself. It was too much. Yep. It was way too much for me. But that's that's some like super boomer shit now. Like we are so far past that. I was very happy when Facebook became a thing because Facebook is standardized. Everyone's page looks exactly the same. You can't do anything special about it. And while that may be boring, that's just kind of the person that I am when it comes to, I guess, viewing things. Like I prefer standardization across the board as opposed to you get to customize what music is going to blast out of nowhere like i don't know it was just wild my space was a wild place anyways so you grew your channel by having different segments being uh motivated and inspired by things like kingsley uh, king batch and stuff like that which makes uh-huh. sense like those were a lot of the content creators in back in the day and yeah you were you were early to this game and now 10 years later like i said everyone is pretty much doing it like it's it's everywhere like we're growing our youtube channel i think we have like 300 subscribers on there a little over 300 so if you guys are listening to this help us out by subscribing to the i'm their podcast youtube channel we upload clips to that right now uh which are taken from our patreon where you can see video versions of the podcast so if you like video versions of the podcast or full-length videos if you want to see right now like cordero actually has his camera on a lot of our guests don't have our actual setup so this is nice that we get to actually see him I see in the background. I was going to say, I wanted to ask him about some of the shit he's got going on in the background. First of all, yeah. I love the crown. I noticed you wear a crown on your Discord picture. Yep. Uh, <laughs> love yeah, the right crown. Nice, nice. What's, the, what's the story on the crown? Uh, it was around the time of COVID. My friend Donnie and my friend Sol, they took me out for my birthday. Like, first time ever going out, you know, with COVID and all this stuff. It was yeah. my birthday. And my friend Sol, she got me a crown. She like you. She like you're a queen, and you deserve something like that. So she got this <laughs> yeah, 
That's what's up. Yeah, the crown's sick. And then, you know, I love the Nintendo Switch. And then on top of that, you've got, I think, every Eevee plushie back there. Like all the evolutions. All the Eevees are right there. Yep. And you have a bunch of big ass Pikachus, too. Yep. I see anniversary Pikachu, the Build a Bear, the Build a Bear Eevee, a Galarian Moltres, Punkaboo for Halloween. Or is uh is Eevee or one of the Eevee evolutions your favorite Pokemon? To be honest, everybody thinks that Umbreon is my favorite because Fraser remembers I have an Umbreon hoodie. Yep. Umbreon used to be my favorite. The I remember seeing some Umbreon hoodies. They're sick. Like an Umbreon hoodie works like a Jolteon hoodie would be a little extra. But like an Umbreon hoodie, you could just wear that hoodie. Oh, you have a Jolteon hoodie? Oh my god. Oh, not, not a Jolteon. I was oh. going to buy that hoodie, but I did. I got the Umbreon hoodie. And then I have a Pokemon trainer jacket. I agree yeah, with you, though, Kenny. Like, an Umbreon hoodie does work because it's black and it's not too yeah. much. Ooh. Yeah. Got if you play six. Pokemon Shield and Sword, oh, that's you guys clean. know what this is. My friend Bucky yeah. That's dope as fuck. That is, and that shit's custom too. So Cordero yep. just showed us a custom jacket with like, you know, Cordero six 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 and everything on it, basically from inspired by Sword and Shield. Yeah, the jerseys they would wear. Yep, the old Umbreon hoodie. I used to wear it at every event. Fraser remembers this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. that's what's up. Oh yeah. So you've always been unapologetically you, which is one of the things that I really respect about you because. It's honestly scary to just be, again, unapologetically yourself sometimes in this world because of just like criticism and people, you know, people are shitty. Like, and I, just to put, it, to put it bluntly, like people, I grew up playing Yu-Gi-Oh! literally on my steps. And, you know, I lived in a row house like when I was growing up. So there were a bunch of neighbors that are like right there, right? Like there's not a separation when you live in a row home. And... You know, people come out and they see like you and your friends playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And they would tease us. Like they would just straight yep. up be like, oh, you guys are playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, I got that Dark Magician. I got that Blue Eyes. You know, the stupid ass voice that people yep. say like, oh, I got Blue Eyes. And then they like, as they're like walking away, they would be saying like nonsense like that. Which is like not, I guess it is a form of teasing. We never really cared though. Like honestly, I've always had pretty thick skin. So I never was afraid to like be a Yu-Gi-Oh player and embrace that I was a nerd. I would play my Game Boy in public. Like, I didn't give a fuck. Um, people yep. were like, oh, you're playing Pokemon. Like, I was a teenager playing Yu-Gi-Oh, playing Pokemon, never cared. So I just love to see other people who are like that, where they're just like, this is how I am. I don't care how you guys feel about it. Like, this makes me happy. This is what I'm going to do. And that's pretty much always. Like, I never felt the need to, like, hide. Like, I remember some of my friends yeah, growing exactly. up were, like, hide. The fact they play Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I, my mom taught me not to even pay attention to people like that. They like my mom. She used to tell me if people used to uh, like tease you and stuff, they only do that stuff because they're jealous of what you have. Yeah, because they can't be themselves. Like it's. I just want to say your mom sounds awesome. She does. Like it, straight up, your mom is fucking insane. So shout out to shout out to uh, Cordero's mother. Who was it? Her birthday recently. Yep. Yeah, like, you like yeah, you like the post. Like you used to happy birthday on the post too. On yeah, Facebook. yeah. Because yeah, her birthday was um, October third. Like I've never met ago. this woman before, but I just feel like I've heard so much about her. And she's oh, she like knows you, person. though. I'm talking about you. I mean, I know. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I yeah. feel like we low-key have, like, a weird, like, I know about you, you know about me, even though we've yeah. never met kind of thing, right? Because, like, me and you right. have been close for literally over a decade. Yeah, she just sounds really cool and really supportive. Like, she sounds dope. That's the best I thing you could ask for. I would bring her in here, but she's at work. <laughs> <laughs> The best that you could ask for is supportive parents, especially when you're growing up as a nerd or like someone who's like different from, you know, what society considers normal. I always say what's normal anyway. Like we're just it's you true. Know, we are the way we are. But OK, let's transition into uh, Digimon, because this is what has taken up 
your interest in the last couple of years. This is what kind of what caused you to give up on Yu-Gi-Oh! and go yes. into a new world. The Digimon trading card game, I actually watched a tutorial video last night so that I could try to understand. And I found okay. out that Digimon plays very similar to other card games that I've played, like Duel Masters. Yes. Um, it has... So... It has a lot of the same systems where you have shields, what they call them, security checks. Yep. And then creatures, they tap, so they go sideways when they attack. And then you are allowed to attack a creature once it's tapped, which is like a Duel Masters concept as well. Mm -hmm. um, when somebody loses all of their security cards, so you start the game off and you take the top five cards of your deck, and those are like your security cards, and there's five yep. of them. And then a person is allowed to attack either your monsters that are tapped or they can attack the security cards. And when there are no more security cards, or like in Pokemon, they're like prize cards, right? Same type of thing as that. When there are no more of those, I can attack you directly, and then I win the game. Yep. And there's, there's other win conditions. And I've learned all this just last night. There's other win conditions, like uh, deck out is a win condition, um, and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I actually could technically play Digimon. Like, I feel like it wouldn't be too hard for me to pick up, because I played games similar to this. Let me, let me ask real quick. When you... So when you're somebody attacks your security check and then you get the card, like you lose the security check, but it goes to you, right? Yeah. So yeah. the person who got attacked on their security card, you flip it over. And if it has a security check activation at the bottom, so some of them have actual effects where it's like, oh, because this card was a security card, when it got when it got uh, flipped, it does something. So it'll be like kill a guy. I yep. like that a lot because uh, one, one of the problems I, I don't have with Pokemon is that Pokemon has like a win more mechanic where... If I attack, if I kill your Pokemon, I get a prize card. So, like, I have my list of prize cards, I kill your guy, and then I get a prize for killing your guy. Whereas yeah. I feel like if I kill your guy, maybe you should get the prize card. Because so, you know what's cool about what you just said, Kenny? I always talk about how Magic the Gathering and Pokemon, they're some of the earliest trading card games to ever exist. And because they're some of the earliest ones, they're very flawed, naturally. Like, Pokemon games can end because you just didn't open correctly and you didn't have a Pokemon to put out. You just lose the game. Yeah, but like that shouldn't be that shouldn't be a thing like that just should not. And the same thing what you just said about the prize cards is like, why is it that you're winning the game and you're getting rewarded for winning the game as opposed yeah, like, to I kill your Pokemon? So you go down a Pokemon and I get another card like that's crazy. Yeah, it's so weird because it gets corrected again. Cards that card games that came out afterwards. So after Magic the Gathering where magic's flaw is land. Like, land is fundamentally flawed. The whole resource system of magic where you have to draw cards that specifically are land to play, to even be able to play the game, is a problem. And then, like, Pokemon, you need energies in these specific cards. Duel Masters corrected the problem with magic. Every single card in your deck can be used as land. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, you're allowed to put it in your back row, and that is your mana, and you can tap that mana. And then later on, power creep happens and you're able to start doing things that grab cards out of your mana zone. So there'll be a guy that comes into play. Like when this card comes into play, add a card from your mana zone to your hand. And that's broken. Because it means that like, oh, normally when you put a card in early Duel Masters, you put a card back there in your mana zone and like it would be gone forever. Like that's yep. just, but then obviously with power creep and Yu-Gi-Oh! and every card game, your graveyard, your banished pile starts to become a resource that you can toolbox from. Uh, so yeah, Digimon is is decent because the security cards or whatever when they go away like when you attack them the person who lost the card like they, it goes to their hand so your opponent is basically getting closer to getting an out to your field or like getting more resources on you so that way they have like a way to come back so the game goes back and forth as opposed to like i killed your pokemon and therefore i get more card advantage like how is that okay yeah but the only thing is though like with the um security effects i'm trying to pop out a card to show you 
Like certain cards, like this one, Calling from Darkness, it has a security effect at the bottom. Yep. They'll say add to your hand. If it doesn't say like add to your hand, it goes to trash. Or this one, I know you guys know Beelzebub. Yeah. This one says activate the first main effect up here. So you activate that effect and then it goes to the trash. Okay. So they don't literally go to your hand after they get attacked. Unless, uh, yeah, unless, unless the option card actually says go to your hand. Gotcha. But, but because, and so the way it works is when you start the game, you put like your top five cards or four into the security yeah, top zone. Five, yeah. Top five to security. And then you draw five cards. And then if you go first, you cannot draw. Yep. So every card, but I'm assuming every Digimon card has a security effect just written on it. Uh, not all of them. Well, some of them do. Some of them have a, like an effect that says like when it comes out of security, you can bring it to the field. Those are like newer cards that just come so, out now. So, and that's mm. this is why this reminds me of Duel Masters so much. A Kaijudo for people who know about that name. Uh, Duel Masters in that game, certain cards had shield triggers. So instead of called being called security cards, they were called shields. And you start the game off with five shields. You put the, you like you take your top five cards at the beginning of the game. You put them down to shields and you draw five. Literally the exact same thing as Digimon is so relatable. And as the cards get attacked, um, you flip them over, and if they have a shield trigger, it activates. So some of the shield triggers will be like, draw two cards, which obviously is yep. crack. It's cards like that. And the way shield triggers worked in Duel Masters was really cool because the card would have the effect. So that card that had that shield trigger already says, draw two cards when you play from your hand. And then the shield trigger just says, activate the effect of it like a quick play. Uh, there was one called Terror Pit. Terror Pit was a six drop black card and it said destroy any creatures on the field. Like it didn't have to be tapped or anything. It's just destroy a creature on the field. So it was really good because that kind of removal is like kind of unheard of. Like just such a kill anything. It doesn't matter if it's tapped or not. A lot of cards that destroy would say like kill a tapped creature or kill an exact. I did not know that you were such a Duel Masters fan. Oh, Duel Masters took over for me for like, as you can tell, for a while. I was Same. really big into it. Uh, because Yu-Gi-Oh got shit. And every time Yu-Gi-Oh gets shit, I tend to go to another card game, so I end up playing Magic that like way, that too. too. Yeah. So you went to Digimon, but yes, shield triggers were broken because, like, Terror Pit is a six drop, so it's kind of a lot to cast. Like, six is a pretty high cost in any resource game, I feel like, because you can only play one mana per turn. So yeah. six is a lot, but when you attack my shield and it just activates as a shield trigger for free, that's kind of ignorant. Like, just kill your guy like straight up with no, it has no cost at that point. Cause it's a shield trigger is broken. Um, but Digimon plays a memory gauge instead. Yeah. So explain to me how the memory gauge works. I saw it goes from like one to 10. I don't really quite get it. Okay. It's like each side, you know, it starts at zero. When you got, when you start the match off, you know, do the five security thing. And then you start at zero. So say like I go first, um, you put a Digimon in the breeding area. Digivolve that you, every, every time you Digivolve, you draw a card. So you Digivolve, you draw a card. And then if you want to play something, that's a Digimon. Then. Here's Beelzemon. It's a 12 cost. If you want to play this, you have to put it on the field and then you go over to your opponent's turn. So if you if you go past zero, it's your opponent's turn. So you always want to try to memory choke them. I think Naruto was like that. So you everybody starts to, you you both start the game off with 10 in the memory gauge thing? Yeah. No, you start at zero. The die literally sets at zero. But each like I have 10 on my side and my opponent has 10 on there. So if I play a Digimon that costs three and I'm at zero. Opponent goes to three, but if you if you don't do nothing for your turn and pass over your opponent, your opponent automatically gets three. Oh, I get it. So you yeah you start at zero, and then every time so like if you play three on your turn one on my turn one, I end up starting with three instead of yep. starting with zero. And then if I want to play like hard cast the Digimon at four, I can put you to one from there. You know, oh, three go all the way shit. to one. It goes like that. And then they have memory tamers. Tamers are like TK Kari. They have an effect that says on the start of your turn, you automatically start at three. So you don't have to be at zero, like, you know, when your opponent ends their turn and stuff, or you'd be locked at one. 
So yeah, they got yeah, they yeah. got the depth. You got in this game, you got Digimon, you got Tamers, and you have Digitamas. But Digitamas can't attack nobody. They're always in the breeding area. They're like Digi eggs. So how does I saw that the Digi egg mechanic is optional? Like you don't even have to have Digi eggs. You don't have to have Digi eggs in there. But put it like if you don't have Digi eggs, you can't like you know start building a line of Digivolution in the back so you can bring it up to the uh, to the battle area to attack somebody. Okay, so in order to evolve from, uh, let's say I have Agumon and I want to become Greymon and then I want to become uh, Metal Greymon, how do I yeah. do that? Okay, like, it's like, okay, you start, you know, like, on your turn, when you have, like, the Digitime, you flip it over, and then you only can Digivolve the same color. So if you're playing, like, multiple colors, say you got a red Digi, Digi Egg in the back and you have, like, a blue card, you can't Digivolve on top of that. It got to be the same color. Right. So, like, from there, like, if you have Agumon, like, every rookie, when you Digivolve off a Digi Egg, has zero cost. So, you're not paying no memory when you do it. You just Digivolve, let's see, Pagumon into Agumon for free. Then, if you want to Digivolve the Greymon, Greymon's going to cost you two. You go Digivolve Agumon into Greymon, draw a card, go lose two memory. So, you'll be at one. Then, you want to Digivolve to Metal Greymon or anything. You can draw Digivolve, Digivolve anything. You don't have to be, like, the pure lines off TV show. Like Angemon, Magna oh. Angemon, Rapimon. You can Digivolve any any red card on, on there. Okay, so okay, yeah, it doesn't have cool. to go from Agumon to Greymon to Metal Greymon. It can go no, Agumon can do to anything. Angemon if he was red. Yeah, if he was red. So do people just play monocolor? Is that how... Like, what's the what's the kind of the best deck? Is it multiple colors or is it just like one color? Right now, because the new set actually drops today. It's a pre-release I'm going to later tonight. The best deck... I don't know if you watch Digimon Cross Wars. I don't think I watched that one. I Cross watched Wars? No. Seasons. Yeah, I don't think I watched Cross Wars. Yeah, Cross Wars is like, it's going to be like the number one deck. And literally, you can you you can use like any color Digivolution off the sources. Oh, no. So it's po- this game is getting power crept. Yeah, it's power crept. I heard literally, literally like, whenever, you, when every, like, whenever, like, whenever, whenever a set comes out, always the new sets always trumples the past sets. Okay. So basically... In order to sell like the next product, they make sure that it's pretty stronger than whatever was the meta in the last pack. Okay, yeah. I mean that's and normal. The like, picks. yeah, structure like that too. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. That's just how card games tend to. Like, I know Dragon Ball's uh, Super was basically the same thing where it started off very really tame, and then over time they just get ridiculous. Uh, how does it work with ban lists or set rotations? Like, what do they do to to kind of stop things from being too much? Okay, like like for Yu Gi Oh, it's not like how like you know like. They ban like what's that chaos royal ruler or whatever like cards yeah like they that. ban Halka Fibrax, chaos ruler Ronin Toten, uh, fairy tale snow all that stuff yep. yeah like for Digimon they'll ban like a specific color from like a deck like for me I'm always a yellow player because yellow mechanic is healing and like DP reduction like okay if you like blow up a Digimon you drain them of their power attack power by like ten thousand that's my deck or whatever so they hit a card called Jet Silthymon when she comes out you can play her for one. You 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 evolve, you draw, you heal, and then from there you can digivolve into a mega. And they got rid of her. They got rid of like power crep, like blue. Back then, blue was like the control deck. Blue Frazier, I, I honestly, game. I honestly think you would be a blue player. Kenny, yeah, I, I think I, Kenny, I think could be a red player for aggro. I am all. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Well, I'll just he knows. Know. How'd you know? Is I'll it just the barbarian hair? Yes. I will have you know, I was always a blue player in Magic and also in Duel, Duel Masters, Kaijudo, because like you said, blue typically is counter magic in, like, in Magic Gathering, it's counter magic and it's draw. And so it's naturally like control based and it's very slow. It's very methodical. Whereas red, I've played red deck wins before just to see how it was. And it's not for me, but that shit kills you so quick. Like I'd I'm be a red here, player. 
I don't know how he knew, but he's right. I'm over here trying to set up with my blue white deck and just going really slow, like trying to set up my wall of omens and all this stuff and just wall up, play spreading seas, fuck up your mana pool, just control the game, draw cards, counter you when you do something I don't like. And meanwhile, red deck wins is like uh, turn one. Summon this guy that can attack immediately. Like, it doesn't have summon sickness. Just, like, straight up attack. And then turn two, like, uh, summon another guy that's bigger than that guy. And then turn three, summon Ball of Lightning, which is a... It has six attack, so it does six damage, and you only get 20. Summon Ball of Lightning, and I think he has haste, and he kills himself after he attacks. He's like, rush you down, Lightning Bolts and all that stuff. So people who know what I'm talking about, Red Deck wins back in the day. I played in 2010, so that's the kind of deck I'm referencing. Um... Is there any kind of rushdown strategy? Is like red aggro as well in Digimon? Yeah, I'll tell you the colors. Like red is like pure like rush, Let's rush go. attack. Blue is control, stunning, and drawing cards. That's why I said always, always. like that. Yep. Uh purple, which I have right here. I play, I also play purple. Purple is more like destruction, memory control, gaining, reviving Digimon back. Um, black is de-digivolving your opponent. Oh, and I'm just color green is more like skipping evolutions. Like you can like do cheap evolution costs and go up to your mega like really, really fast. That's how it's basically the same thing in magic and dual masters is like kind of acceleration. Like man, that's yeah, really good. Yeah. Those are all of them. And then white is just like, white is just like a generic thing. It's mostly like for mega level and D reaper. If you guys watch season three of Digimon, you know, it's no D reaper. Yeah. So I like fast play styles. I've played other play styles, but like when I used to play competitive Pokemon, not the card game, the video game. I one of my favorite teams was hyper offense style teams because I either won very fast or lost very fast. Like some people were trying to stall and make the game go thirty turns. Yeah, I had no time for that. I was either going to kill you in five turns. Or did I you play? Wait, did you play VGC? No, I played all uh, the smog and rules. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I did that too. Yeah, I played competitive Pokemon from Gen three. My main, my favorite generation was Gen four in terms of competitive. Yes, yes. but I started in Gen three. Gen 4 is my absolute favorite, and then I played Gen 5 and Gen 6, and I I didn't really like Generation 7 at all, and that's where I stopped. Everything oh, I know about Kenny? Pokemon comes from Kenny, like competitive Pokemon anyway. Mm. But, yeah. So you guys not excited about Scarlet and Violet? I am. I'm getting it day one. I think Same. Scarlet and Violet is cool. I love the fact that there's going to be actual co-op play, like that you can do, like you can play through the entire game co-op, which is so interesting. Like I like that. Do, yeah, so I might hit you up. I'm like, yo, you want to jump on? Like, oh hell yeah, dude! I'm I'm getting Scarlet. I'm, well, I'm getting both because I'm getting one for I'm me getting, and one for my brother. I'm getting the dual packs. I have them both. Yeah, I've, I since uh, Sun and Moon, I've I've always gotten a Pokemon game for myself, and I live with my brother, and I get one for my brother too. So these Pokemon games, they're coming out next month, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I know I'm I'm waiting for God. And your birthday too. My birthday's next month. Uh I'll be at YCS Pasadena and Kali. I actually my flight just got booked. So Oh, you just did it. Yep. So I actually will be there just like enjoying Kali. And it's kind of a birthday trip for me. Uh I'm being treated to it by my one of my literally closest friends, Xavier. Um, so shout out to X. Thank you for that. And yeah, I, I went to Pasadena in January when that one was canceled. We still went and just had a good time. And I'm expecting basically to do the same thing. Like, I don't even know how the new Yu-Gi-Oh! world works with the whole COVID thing and like that. Oh, I can tell you. How does it work? Since, since I went to um, Nationals, I was I was actually a vendor. First time being a vendor. So you've done it all. I've done it all now. I had never done vending. Been event staff, judging, a vendor, player. a player, done it all. <laughs> 
But yeah, all you got to do is just have your mask and have your COVID cards and then they give you like a special uh, wristband. Okay, because I do have my like my vaccination card. I do have like I have everything I need, I think, to to get in, but I won't be competing in a main event. I'll play if they have Edison side events, which I think they might. They better have that because they didn't have that at uh, Nationals. Yeah, I think they might have because I know in L.A. or like in the uh, yeah in the L.A. area, there are regionals that have Edison side events. So I'm hoping that they have something like that there. That would be really cool. But uh, I was planning to go and like maybe play side events, stuff like that, and maybe just like see people hang out. But I don't I'm not going to play. So I don't think I need to like pre-register. Right. No, you don't need to do none of that. Okay, good. I, I want to say something out loud about Edison side events and everything. I don't you know, this will never happen. And if it does, it'll be like 30 years from now. And I'm happy that Yu-Gi-Oh is slowly getting like the Edison train going. But I was talking to Fraser about this the other day. I would love if they made a fractured form. Like, so if anybody knows, there's this game called RuneScape. I never really played RuneScape, but I know about it. RuneScape, like, evolved, 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 and became what it was. But eventually, like, people didn't like where RuneScape went. So they went all the way back, and the official people created this thing called Old School RuneScape, where Mm -hmm. it's like how old RuneScape was back in the day. But it wasn't just that. It ended up evolving in that direction. So it took, like, the tenets of what Old School RuneScape was, and it's now... A current game with new updates, but completely branched. Mm-hmm. So anyway, how sick would it be if they went back to like Edison format and then they were like, all right, we're going to like evolve this game and add cards to that card pool and ban cards and progress it, but yeah, progress that, it in line with this format and this style of Yu-Gi-Oh. It would honestly be really cool if Edison format got modified. I was actually thinking about this. We were talking about this recently, too, about an, a modified Edison format because there are problems in every format of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, there's no such thing as a perfect format. Um, and so like, Edison format has Trap Dust Shoot. It has Brain Control. Uh, there's just like Black Whirlwind is pretty insane. Like, there's just a lot of cards in that format that are like future fusion is absolutely fucking nuts it's more so future fusion with five headed dragon i think is the scary one like i don't really mind yep. future fusion for uh, absolute zero and stuff like that specifically future fusion for five headed dragon is absolutely cracked like it's just not okay so there's a lot of stuff that could make edison format more enjoyable and more skillful um and it would be cool if at some point the community decides to do a modify like we all agree upon it right because right now I mean, it kind of is just a, it's a community run project anyway. Like it's already like Edison is not really official by Konami. Like they don't call it Edison format. It's just called time was a format. And then they say ban list March, 2010 or whatever. Right. Like they don't, right. yeah. they don't refer to it. Like we refer to, we named it Edison format. Like, so we need our own smog and community. Yeah. There needs to be a, yes. a, a community and there is an Edison discord and stuff like that. But I don't think that they ever really, or I don't know, this could be completely wrong. I don't know if they ever discuss banning cards because essentially what, here's how I feel. So any old format of Yu-Gi-Oh is locked to that time period is locked to that carpool forever like it's just always going to be that and while there is beauty and 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 everything and like there's beauty in that is the fact that it's not going to change and one of my friends who now plays edison i've never seen him duel before i've known him for years he's a fighting game uh he's from the fgc so he plays in the fighting game community he now goes to locals every single thursday shout out to veda he goes to locals every single thursday to play Yu-Gi-Oh! edison format he said the reason why i never Play. Like, does he play Marvel three or used to play Marvel yes, three? Oh, I know him. His long hair, Vader Golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so he's one of the best fighting game players in Philly, but he never played Yu Gi Oh seriously. He always played it casually with his friends, stuff like that. But he said, "I never played seriously because I can't keep up with the ban list and the products." Like he's like, "I didn't have 
like the, when we were younger, he's like, I didn't have all the resources to keep up with this fucking game. Like it was Yu-Gi-Oh was a lot, and especially how expensive it was, and just how you need to keep changing your deck. Like they can completely invalidate your deck. Like one day or one month, your deck is the best deck, and then the next month, it's unplayable. And you could try to keep playing it, but then you won't have a pleasant experience when you're just losing every round. So you're forced to change your deck. And he's like, I just could never get uh, around that. But now the Edison is a thing. He loves it because anything he buys is like, this is going to forever be like playable and I can switch decks and the decks are really cheap, which is also great for everybody. Like I always tell people Edison format costs nothing. It either costs everything or it costs nothing. You can max your deck out and it costs you thousands of dollars, right? Like you can get ulti dark arm. You can get like the, the best ulti future fusion first I mean, edition, baby. ulti brain control, common dark arm. ulti pot of avarices. You can get everything ulti in first edition and uh, starlight rare stratos. Yep. You can make your deck cost thousands or you can make your deck cost literally 40 bucks. And that, so those things are all great about the format and I really love them. But then it's like, at some point it can become stale because it's not changing. The carpool never changes. There's no new cards introduced. It just will forever be this balance, this carpool. And it will be kind of cool to say, okay, let's take the format, but then let's start to modify it. So every, you know, three or four months, maybe four months, because I like it to be a little longer. Every four months, uh, there will just be changes in the format, though. And it won't be like adding cards. They won't add like Trishula to it, because then it's just like, what, what what's happening? But it will be like, this card is now banned, or this card is at one. And those kind of changes will happen. And just like minor tweaks like that, that'll make the game, I feel like, keep it fresh. Because that because even us, who have been playing Edison Format since January of 2022, it's gotten boring. And now we're starting to play like other card games. We're playing DC again. Like in my friend group, they don't really play Edison as much because it's just like, yeah, we've played it so much. We've gone through all the decks. And there's so many decks, but we've gone through like literally 20 different decks, all of us. Everyone has played so many different decks. And at a point, it just gets to the You're just like, all right, I, I've gone as far as I can with this. I've been brain controlled. I've been bottomless. I've been directed as many times as I can handle. Like I'm kind of over it. Yeah. So, you want to do some new stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are, but I did have questions about the Digimon trading card game um, before we completely like wrap up with that. Then I want to talk to you about the anime. So the Digimon okay. trading card game, when creatures come into play, do they have summon sickness? Like can they attack yes. immediately or oh, they do? They, yeah. They do get summon sickness unless they have uh, an effect says rush where they have a, uh, they can uh, like do a member dual master speed attacker. Yep. Yep. Rush is the same same mechanic where they can attack the turn there. And summon. I bet what do they on what do they call it in Digimon? Because it's not called summoning sickness. I assume. I assume it's called like data upload or some shit. <laughs> the funny thing is, we just call it summoning sickness. I actually don't even know what the term is for because I just call it summoning sickness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been calling it summoning sickness in every game that has that mechanic where you can't attack. I don't know what it's formally called in all of them because I played multiple games like that. But yeah, I was happy that yeah, Digi- that term's from Magic, and then everybody else just uses that term. Yeah, right. and Magic is the like the elder, right? It's the yeah. pretty much the oldest trading card game. I'm sure that somebody's gonna be like, "Well, no, there was one before Magic, but no one." Yeah. Anyway, Magic is like the eldest card game, trading card game, and uh, a lot of terms derive from that. Like I still hear people say, "Are you on the draw or on the play?" And oh yeah. When I first heard that coming from Yu Gi Oh. Like when I went from Yu-Gi-Oh to play Magic, and they were like, "Are you going to play? Or are you going to draw?" And I was like, "I don't know what you mean. I'm going first. And I just be like, I'm going first. And I would just always say that. And the, the Yu-Gi-Oh, pl- not the, Yu-Gi-Oh, the Magic players would be kind of annoyed with me because I would use Yu-Gi-Oh terms in their game and just completely disregard when they would try to teach me like the Magic terms. So they say play yeah, draw, yeah. and I'm just like, I'm going first. Like I'm I don't going first. To, and people be like, Why? I'm going to play. I'm like, I don't. Why are we complicating this shit? I'm yeah. going first. Yeah, I think, every, I think universally. <laughs> universally you know what it means by saying i'm going first like that cannot possibly get misconstrued that's awesome (laughs) yeah but 
Okay, so Digimon uh, trading card game, how would you rate the skill to luck ratio? Like, what are the things that make the Digimon trading card game, like, what are the lucky interactions? I assume it has something to do with the security checks. Can they, like, completely destroy a game? Yes. Like, there's a card that is a dual color. Yellow, purple's my favorite option card called Chaos Degration. It has the power of like, chaos in this name, so... <laughs> yeah, it has chaos. It's basically, if you remember Angelomon and uh, Lady Debimon, that's their DNA form. The card literally looks oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. card literally looks like um, the Mastimon is doing a command mail wave. But basically, that card basically says when you activate it, you get to take one of your opponent's um, Digimon on the field and put it either on the top or bottom of their security, and then you get to discard the top of their security stack. Oh, Wait, pretty good card. Say that one more time. What does it do? Okay. Okay, you take a when you activate the card, you take a Digimon from your opponent's side, put it you or your opponent can choose do you want to put it on the top of their security stack or the bottom of their, of their, uh, oh, of their security, and then you get the then you can take their top card or their security and discard it. Yeah, oh so God. they're either going to discard that card because they put it on top or they right. put it on the bottom and discard a random card. Yep, Shit. and that is a shield trigger type of card, so it's a, yep. yeah. or you or if you want, you can just hard activate it. Yeah, because yeah, and that's the good thing. Every shield trigger type of card also can just be played manually. What's the cost of it if you play it? Eight. So it's high. It's high, but if you get it off security, because there's like like the deck I also play is yellow purple and a lot of a lot of healing. So you can probably like take the card from the top of your deck and place it in your security, shuffle your security around. You don't know what's in there, but if you do get it in there, it's like game over for your opponent. Okay, I have a question. Sure. So it sounds like you win. You win by, you know, clearing all the security, make sure they don't have any Digimon, and you kill them. So what does healing do? Healing just raises your, like, uh, shields up higher to save you. And then if you have, like, security options in there, like the security effects, it just helps you if they get triggered when your opponent attacks. So okay. it makes, it'll, it'll, like, it'll, like, make your opponent be afraid to attack you. So, okay, okay. So okay. healing is adding a shield, like a security check thing over on... So you start out with five, but you know, let's say your opponent kill two of them so you only have three left you can heal back up to five yep you can go you can go higher than that i think i made my security go up to 11 okay that is a concept that is not lost on me that was actually dual masters too now that i remember i forgot but you could add holy holy all holy all was crazy that taps every creature yep yeah whole and then creatures can only be attacked when they are tapped but then they power crept that too and then they started making creatures that said this guy can attack untapped creatures Mm -hmm. they got they got cards like that in um that actually a red mechanic that can do that. Of that course, it's red. Creature. The card is red that I'm thinking about in uh in Digimon or in Duel Masters as well. It was called Bazigazil Dragon. He is. I remember of, that Bazigazil Dragon is one of the most unfair fucking cards. He was huge. So his attack, I, I want to say it was like either eight thousand or thirteen thousand. It was high. He was, was high. He was a speed attacker. Every in phase, he returned to your hand, and he could attack untapped creatures. And he was a double breaker. So like. He did way too much. So basically, I could just go tap eight, tap eight mana, summon Bazgazil, attack your guy that you just put out that has summoning sickness, like attack it and kill it. Because it's usually you can't attack a guy that's untapped, but like mm-hmm. he does, and he's a speed attacker. So he just comes out, kills your guy, go back into my hand. It's like a crazy ass Ashura priest. It's like unreal how good that card was. But yeah, yeah. For for Digimon, we don't have like a security attack or double breaker. Just called security attack plus one. Like when your Digimon attacks, you just do two checks or a security attack plus two, do three oh, checks. Shit. So they do it, yeah. So instead of calling a double breaker or triple breaker, they just call it like security check plus exactly. one. 
Plus two, yeah. Plus your initial attack, plus one more, plus two more, three yep, more. I got and it. red has a whole bunch of that. That's why I said Kenny would like that. Yeah. So I would. I would. Red's trying to get that shit over with quick. So what I'm is trying like, to kill you. What's the best uh is there a best deck? Like do formats get defined by like a specific deck? Yep. Format. The literally when a new set comes out, the format changes completely. Like last format was like this blue deck. Like I said, you would like it. The blue stuns your opponent from attacking. A lot of draw cards, couple game memory, and now it's like this deck called Crosshearts, where basically you can just like DNA Digivolve, like all these Digimon from your Tamers, because Tamers would be in the back row. Now you can just like put Digimon on Tamers, save them. It's like they're about to die. Oh no, they have the effect called Save. You put them under a Tamer, then you can just uh, tap the Tamer, bring them back out, and join them all into one Digimon. And that's literally what this set is going to be for like two months. Because for Digimon compared to Yu-Gi-Oh, sets drop like every month and a half two months unless they don't get delayed with shipping oh wow time. they're so they're killed they're, they're making fast. Money. we're literally almost caught up to japan wow by like one by one set by one so side set does it happen in japan too like every month two months they drop a new set in japan yep oh so but so this- only been out for a year now and we're literally almost caught up to them we're only missing one one uh one side set and then one main set i get what you're saying kenny you're wondering if eventually when we catch up to japan if that ever happens, will they consistently still be dropping sets every two months? Or was it will it slow down? Yeah. Like how often does Japan how often do they drop a set in Japan? Yeah. Uh like every two months. Yeah, so that's pretty Man. fast. That's really fast. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh! has gotten fast too, though. Yu-Gi-Oh! has accelerated, and I it took me a while to realize this, but I keep hearing people say I'm going to a preview or this new thing is dropping. Now Yu-Gi-Oh! literally drops something, I feel like every month. Like That's crazy. something, something to change the meta slightly or drastically, like this new set. Uh, something that, that happens- shit that Vader was talking about, man. It's too much money, too much time to have to do something every month. Like, yeah, literally. Let Yu-Gi-Oh me build has, my deck. Yu-Gi-Oh has something coming out every single month now. I for the last literally twelve months of me playing Edison, or like I've been playing Edison for twelve months, but like for the last nine months of me play Edison, every single month there's a new product. Like okay, for example, before Nationals there was that water, the Mako Tsunami thing, and that introduced yep. an entire meta deck called Marine Cess that actually ended up getting top four at Nationals. That and that set came out right before Nationals, and then before that was a new pack, and then before that was like another little structure deck type of thing, and it's like a bunch of just things that just add and change up the meta enough to where you have to understand what just happened because otherwise you can get left behind um so yeah it's it's kind of crazy how fast things are happening and coming out and then you have main sets too because i i used to think like oh this is a main set or this is not a main set but come to find out like some of these sets are not even some of the sets that i think are main sets in Yu-Gi-Oh are just like little side sets where they don't That's have rare. they don't I just have like, build a, the secrets and stuff i just want to build a gilmon deck or an Algamon deck. Oh, oh, yeah. You would like uh, Gallatmon. Gallatmon, it actually was a side set that just came out previously. Hell now yeah. the deck is like, it's not that good no more, but I noticed in Digimon, any deck can win, but like the main tier S decks are the ones that are like, yeah, take for sure. That's always, yeah, that's always a thing. So as far as the anime goes, what did you grow up watching the anime as well, Cordero? Yes, I did. Um, what's your like favorite arc or season of Digimon? Uh, people might hate me for this. I still like the original. Me too. But I like season three. I like Tamers. Season three is with Gilmon and Renamon, right? Yep, Gilmon. Yeah, Renamon, that's season fire. I I've only seen okay, that season's dark. I've only seen all the way through the original. Like though, I'm gonna na- by the flagship guys. So yeah. I've seen the Agumon seasons. Yeah, I've yep. seen the the Vmon seasons. Yep. Yep. 
and mm. the Gilmon seasons. Yeah. I've seen all of like all of the episodes for that. Then after that, I've seen like scattered episodes of stuff. I haven't so really you, seen a full So you season. didn't see the next one after Frontiers when they Digivolve, where they turn into the Digimon. Yes. So I've seen episodes of it, but I never watched it all the way through. So oh, okay. low key, Frontier is my favorite season of Digimon. Um I was a bit older when that one came out because that one comes out like obviously later. I think it's the fourth season, I guess, or whatever. Yep. You uh, watched it on Jet X. I did. I love that I one. I remember that. That's where it came on. That's yep. where I saw episodes of Those yep. transformations got so fucking epic. Like, I remember at first they used to just transform into the same exact Digimon every single time, which got kind of boring. Eventually, they started to evolve, of course, because Digimon. And I remember when everyone got their second transformation. Oh, my. Their beast fairy. God, yes, the beast spirit. And the way the transformation, so like they did CG in the anime for their transformation. So you would see them like, ah, and like their face would be like screaming and like their face getting stretched up, kind of like Majora's Mask. Um, they would start transforming and it would look so crazy when they do their like beast version. Like you would literally see their body parts like getting stretched and shit. And I don't know, I loved Frontier. But don't get me wrong. I grew up watching, so Pokemon was huge for me. And Same. for every pretty much kid in the nineties, right? Like Pokemon yes, was just that show. Like it was just that show. And so Pokemon was really big. And then when Digimon got announced, we were all like, Oh shit. It's like another version of Pokemon. Like it's just a digital monster instead of pocket monsters. You got digital monsters. And what made it so unique was instead of Pokeballs, you had the Digivice. So buying a Digivice in my neighborhood was a big deal. Cause everyone had one. And we would sit there and just like Tamagotchis, because that's essentially what Digimon was marketed as, like a yes. boy a boy version of Tamagotchis or a boy version of like those little Neopets and stuff like that. It was basically the same thing, just marketed for little boys. And we all had our own Digivice, whatever color you chose, because they're all different colors. They all had different Digimon that came with them. And then like your, your Digimon could evolve and you feed it and it walks with you. So as you walk, it like got it got steps and stuff really cool yep. and kind of ahead of its time that I think about it. Cause we have like Fitbits and shit like that. to have that technology these days. They got that now though. The new ones, the vital bracelets for yep. Digimon. Yep. So it just Wait, keeps they, on going. They still make shit like they have like vital bracelet Digimon. I might buy one of them just cause like, that's just, that's just, that's just cause that. it would kind of make fitness more fun. Cause right now, like yeah. I, I wear an Apple watch every day. Like I have an Apple watch on right now um, and I wear an Apple watch literally every day. And I like that it tracks like how many steps I've taken. When I do my exercises, I, I always choose one so that that way my workouts are recorded. But yes, it always made it fun when me and my friends would walk really far because my best friend that I grew up with, uh, his grandmother used to always send us on expeditions. She'd be like, hey, can you go pick up my medicine? And it would be literally like two miles away. And we would just walk two miles, which was fun for us because we were young. So it was fun to yeah. just like walk uh, and then go pick up her medicine or like pick up stuff from the grocery store or whatever. And we would have our digivices and they would gain like steps and stuff as we walked. So that was fun for us to do. Yep. They got vital bracelets. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. Digimon. And it actually and then they, like, they got like and they got like special like dim cards that you can input. Of course, I got Renamon, Agumon, Gabumon. Oh, yes. that's fucking cool. I legit think I'm like and Bob the Metabots. Those. You should. And then like it's like a Metabots one. Yeah, that's dope. dude. I remember Metabots. Uh, Metabee was the main guy, right? Metabots, yep. yes. Uh so your favorite Digimon is Cordero. Um, you should know since you watched Frontier, Lusamon. Oh god, of course it's fucking the most evil thing <laughs> ever. Like it just yes. like the yes. absolute evil. <laughs> I mean, it's got Lucifer in the name. Yes. So light so, and dark. Uh what's yours, Kenny? Do you have a favorite Digimon? Uh I mean, I'm for me it's just like typical shit. It's like Agumon and Gilmon. Like so, it's 
I agree with you and that my favorite Digimon isn't anything crazy and it's it's stuff that everyone knows about. I really like Pyodramon. I like Gallantmon. Gallantmon to me is so fucking cool, man. Like, yeah. I never expected Guillemon, and I love Guillemon's voice. I love the like the way the voice actor yeah. sounds. He actually sounds like yeah, a little cute as fuck. He he's all so cute. And then when he evolved, dude, the other thing was like when he evolved in like Growlmon and stuff, because he starts off really cute, and then if I remember, like part of the storyline was like he couldn't really control himself when yeah. he did Yeah, He used to get yep. like kind of evil. And yeah, like that shit was it was like a cool little story. It's not a hot take, but there's some people out there that are Digimon haters. The Digimon anime. The Digimon anime is better than Ghost Pokemon Game. Anime. Digimon Ghost Game. This is like I would fight for this Digimon. Gamamon. Oh, he does look he cute. He is as hell. so cute in that show. He makes Gilmon look like he is cute as fight. hell. Look at him. You guys should watch Digimon Ghost Game. That show is way I want to watch the reboot. The, I the reboot's the good reboot. too. I saw that. The reboot. Reboot's good. You'll like it. So Kenny, yeah, you were saying like, you know, you really love like Geomon and stuff. I love Vmon. I love Vmon's awesome. Yeah, I love when they started merging. Like Omnimon is crazy to me. Um, Omnimon is the shit. When, you know who else I like, but just because of his voice. Who is it? I like fucking Kabuterimon because he's a Kabuterimon. <laughs> and they rant. finally get their megas if you watch the Digimon movies, like yes. the tri movies. They yeah, learn they don't need megas in the regular show. I need to check those out. I really liked the one Digimon movie that is basically a remake of Summer Wars. There's like an anime movie called Summer Wars, and then there's a, if I remember, a, a Digimon movie that is essentially, if I remember correctly, basically like is a remake of Summer Wars but with Digimon or something. I can't remember exactly, but it's sick. It's got really cool animation. There's like a rabbit in it that like infects the yes, data scape. I know, oh, I know what you're talking Evil about. Yeah. There's a good version of it as well. Yeah, that's, those, those are the Digimon Tri movies. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. So I it's saw movies. Okay. Well, I definitely did. It looks like Terriermon on like an yeah. evil ass Terriermon. Man, the, the, it, yeah, the Digimon is called Mankomon. Yep. Yeah, I think I saw maybe the first one, maybe the second one. I definitely did not see six of them though. I'm like, I didn't know that. I'll have to get back on that. The first one you saw Omnimon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you saw Alphamon, the Black Royal Knight. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I like the Royal Knights. I like that whole concept. I like the so Terramon always looked cool to me in the in its like, you know, little base form because it had the really big ears. I always said I would love to have that one. And it had the cutest yeah. voice. Like the voice of Terramon in the anime. And and I I only watched English dub. But it, I did too. it had the cutest voice. Uh Momentai. Momentai. It was so adorable. Uh, I also liked Angemon because uh, Patamon took forever to actually evolve, but when it did against Devimon, like, it was really that was such an epic moment. We did hand the fate, just like kill Devimon in one shot. Angewoman was cool. Magna Angemon. Uh, also War Greymon, Black War Greymon with the Black Air Force energy. Skull Greymon. Skull Greymon. Oh, well, Skull Greymon was so fucked. That thing. That was the. So what was Skull Greymon? That was like a fucked up evolution, right? Yeah, he like did. He was like forced to digivolve, and so yeah. he like digivolved wrong, and it was like. Oh, they had some I remember, cool that, I remember that episode. Yeah, Digimon had because like Pokemon is very linear in a way. Like evolutions are just they make sense. First of all, like right, your, yeah. your Pokemon is not going to go. You because like think about Geomon going to Galamon. Your Pokemon doesn't go from a fucking uh, little dinosaur to a actual knight with a shield and a lance. Well, well, don't Pokemon forget you Dark made sense. too. Now Pokemon, you know, you go from a rabbit to, you know, a fucking a tennis gun. player. Like, yeah. you just... <laughs> Pokemon now, like, you have a rabbit that's a soccer player. It's like, yeah. alright, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Since you said that, Kenny, I still agree with that one episode that you said, Frazier, that you guys were talking about. I still, to this day, that water duck is yes. gonna be a cop. Yep. <laughs> I just feel like... I agree. 
Do or we, he's gonna be we, Donald Duck. We still don't have a confirmation on what they're not nah, anything yet, still. Nothing. I, and I'm sure before the games come out, they'll reveal their evolutions, but I'm gonna do my best to avoid them because I don't want to see one of my favorite things about Pokemon is when you're playing through the game and then like when your Pokemon hits level 16 and he's about to evolve, and you're like, holy shit, what's he gonna look like? Yeah. Like I I love that. So I'm not gonna see what they look like, but it's already decided. I'm picking the fire one because I picked the fire one I in every fire. game. I usually yeah, pick let's go. So and, I, and that duck is sassy as fuck. So I just feel like I need that duck in my life. But <laughs> but yeah, I'm to a me, big... that duck is all Donald Donald Duck's lost one of his lost nephews. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Huey, I, Dewey, he and does Louie. look like it though. He honestly does he look does. like he's inspired by Donald Duck. I mean. Yeah, I, I, it just has that same type of look to him and his sassiness, the, the, the little head thing he has, like little hat. Uh, yeah, so Digimon, are, it always used to be funny because they start off looking a certain way, and by the time they get to the end, like their their last evolution, it's like fucking trash can with rocket launchers. Yeah, like what is that? Like for example, one of them evolved into a fucking boxing cactus. Oh, you're talking <laughs> about Palamon. She uses yeah. a flower, and then she digivolves into Togemon with some boxing gloves. Yes, and then she digivolves into a. a, a flower fairy yeah yep. like what the fuck like where is this how did you get from this to this so like I, some like agumon makes like agumon and greymon like you could see that yeah and, like, you can genuinely see it but then eventually like it turns into a human and you're like all right well that's weird yes they become humanoid at some point and it's like yes. galatmon is still always one of the ones that just gets me because galatmon is like an actual knight and mm-hmm. I, I used to play the games. So I don't know if you guys played the games on PlayStation or whatever. I did. Digimon World, Digimon yep. World 1, 2, 3, and then Royal, Rum, Royal Rumble. I used to the play only Digimon games. game I played extensively was Digimon Dawn and Digimon Dusk. I played those. Those were the only ones I played. Just because like they came out, and I was like, oh, this is kind of like Pokemon. There's like two versions of it. And so I bought them and played it. Yeah, they, they basically... Digimon was smart. They follow pokemon like they basically were like we know that there's already a market for this type of thing so let's have evolution to make sense evolution is just such a cool concept um like kenny said the excitement you get from seeing something evolve like especially when you don't know like it's one thing yeah. where, like you you already spoiled it for yourself or like you you know exactly where it's going but when you have no idea that metal Greymon is going to become war Greymon, the first time i saw that when they fought myotismon and like they they become metal gururumon and like war Greymon, that was epic as hell like terror yep. force and all that stuff. Like that shit is super epic, and there's a feeling of excitement. Wait, from do you that. remember how they did evolve? Remember how they got to that point? How did they get to that point? I don't remember the specifics. You remember, remember when Kari and TK had to give Angelamon and Angelamon the arrows of hope and light, and they actually hit Ty and Matt. Okay. I thought they were gonna die. Remember that? Oh man, yeah, I do remember that now. Oh prophe- shit! Yeah, it, it was it was the prophecy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I also remember, so they all had crests and there was this whole thing about finding your crest and, and, and I like that each of the characters of the original anime and like even animes after it were all some kind of value. So it'd be like loyalty and you know, somebody else courage. Had courage. Yeah. Stuff like that. Pro- like it would be all of these different things and they would have to, in order to evolve their Digimon, they would have to work on themselves as a person yep. in order like to actually evolve. It was really cool. Yeah, they had some really good concepts. And just like the original series always seemed really long to me, but apparently like episode one to Devimon is like twelve episodes. It did seem like it was very it, long. but in, in my in my memory bank, like my Mandela effect is telling me that shit was at least like 30, 40 episodes, but apparently it just Yeah. Wasn't. How long does it take for that guy for Ken to show up? Oh, Ken, that's like season two. That he yeah. comes right away as soon as season two starts. Yep. 
And he wasn't even, he was like evil at first or whatever. And then eventually he becomes like not. And Myotismon, and then you get like Venom Myotismon or whatever he was called. And then he comes back in season two, spoiler alert. Yep. Come back as Malo Myotismon, it's the final villain. Yeah. And then I remember the way it looked when they first did the Mega Evolution. So when uh, Garurumon and Algumon or whatever, when they would do it, you, they were warped. They, yeah, it was like warp digivolution, and you yep. would see like this beam of energy, like, and then you would yeah. see them kind of go through they, all their evolutions real quick. Yeah, they're like going like this, and then going like this, and yes. then boom, and then they <laughs> final day. Oh, uh, it was so, and then it would be CG. You would see Metal Garurumon come out, and then all these missiles would fire out. He would like fly in. He would be on a moon. He like fly in, and then all of these missiles, this fucking full salvo, would come out, and it would just start destroying everything. Really oh, cool. Man. Digimon I, was fucking fun. Yeah, Digimon was, was actually epic as hell. Like, honestly, the anime, and again, like I said, Frontier is my favorite because something about merging with your Digimon to me was such a cool thing. And it's something that I personally always imagine myself in worlds. I personally would have loved to literally oh, fuse yeah. with my Digimon and become. So, are you going to buy that Digivice? The Digivice helps right now. I would buy that. Bondi literally just uh, brought out uh, season three Digivice. I pre ordered it. I got Rika's Digivice with the card slashing. And then I pre ordered the one for Digimon season four when you just do the fractal code and you scan and you Digimon. Fractal code digitized. Oh, digitized. <laughs> I remember Dude, I, I used to do that. You see the, like, the line of data in the air. I, I don't know what all. I'm definitely, I, I'm definitely buying that uh, the fitness one. Yeah, because oh, yeah, is it you get to raise like I'm assuming you get to raise like a yeah, little you can raise them. Like, all you got to do is like you're literally working out and the Digimon will like digivolve and also you don't got to do no poop oh, changes yeah, yeah. or none of that stuff. You just got to oh. work out. Oh yeah, I forgot all about all the pooping and the poop will always look the same as like this little triangle brown <laughs> thing and it would have the little smelly lines on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, anime poop is so funny. The way they draw poop in anime is funny. Yeah, it's, it's like just like the swirl. Yeah, it's always a swirl. Like they like almost make it cute. Like they yes. almost make it cute. Like if that's anime is fucked up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, so you mentioned Battle Arena. I used to love that game, even though from a competitive standpoint, it's not exactly the best thing. Yeah, it's, it's no Smash Brothers. It's no Smash Bros. But I used to love playing as Renamon and doing Diamond Storm, and like she, jump, I jump in the air, and then all these little needle things would come out, come down, and like kind of freeze you in place. I was see me and Fraser are the same. I used to be random mind and use the other attack uh TN shoe when she used to switch places with you. First, I'll do Diamond Storm, switch places with you so you can take the hit. Oh, that's awesome. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, then Beelzebub was in it. He had the uh the guns and stuff. He was really yep. powerful. Omnimon was in it, and he was just way too much, obviously. Cause he Black War Gray Mind. Yep, Black Air Force Energy, uh Gallant Mind. Yeah, that game was really fun. I wish they developed stuff like that more. And honestly, I wouldn't mind a modern digimon world game like they just remake the digimon world games uh with you know new graphics updated ui and all that stuff and make it like the newest games right now is uh digimon world survive that's like literally you watch an anime you're really no interaction that game you're really just clicking a on the switch all day and do a couple interactions and stuff turn it's not like an rpg it's just kind of like a visual you're you're, you're, you're literally yeah you're literally watching a novel yeah, uh, definitely sounds visual I like, novels. I like visual novels, but for, if, if I was playing a Digimon game, I wouldn't want that. Like, I would want it to have, like, some RPG mechanics. Yeah. Mm. But it's fun, though. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I am I am a big fan of Digimon. Like, it's it's actually crazy. It took us so long to do this because I in our first 10 episodes, we basically did stuff that, like, we grew up on. And Kenny and I, I think, both grew up, like, Pokemon, Digimon. Yeah, like I had a bunch of the old Digimon cards. I'm assuming I did too. 
does the new Digimon card game play like? Do they are they completely different rules compared to the old Digimon cards? Yeah, yeah. So I, I never learned how to play the old Digimon cards. I just had a bunch oh, of them. There was a Digimon trading card game before this new one. Yeah, when we were oh, young, they had, they, had, they had like two of them. Oh, I don't yeah. really remember that. That's like completely wiped from my memory almost. Yeah, those I didn't really play besides the besides the first one. And now with this new game, they actually some of the alternate arts are from the original first game. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. cool. Yeah, I had a bunch of the back. original Digimon cards. I never learned how to play because none of my friends really had them. I just like got them and collected them. Yeah, everybody um, for me, like growing up was like it was like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and Magic. Yeah. Yeah, those were the big three. And then it's kind of crazy because Dragon Ball had a card game and then they got a new Dragon Ball Super card game, which everybody yep. loves that one. But the old Dragon Ball card game where they had the little Dragon Balls on the side and stuff, I never understood how to play it. Never even tried yep. to play it. But uh, I like that they were willing to take a chance on these dead card games and like reboot them, change things yeah. around, make them, you know, more modern and everything like that. Like it's really cool. And Digimon, honestly, like at my local people play, people come to my local to play Digimon on Yu-Gi-Oh nights. And it's, it definitely has Good a people. scene. Like it has a real scene. And like Xavier, he actually came to my house last night with a box of Digimon cards. Just started un- like opening that shit. He actually left the fucking, Anyway, he has a he bought a box oh, of Digimon that's cards. Up, X. <laughs> no, he yeah. it's fine. He left like the box with all that's the cards. But I'm like, I, I wonder if he just took the money cards out of it because he said he that probably the, did. He said that the set has a thousand dollar card in it. Oh, the Ghost Rare, the Ghost Rare. He's talking about the Ghost Rare Alpha Mine. Is it that really card that is hard? To pull. It's super hard to pull. So wow. far in Digimon, there's only two Ghost Rares. There's a Ghost Rare Omni Mine. It's like a thousand dollars. I think it dropped now. But now in this set, it's like. A Ghost Rare Alpha Mind. The card came out in set six, but then they put it in set ten as a gold, black, metallic, gold, black art. Wow. And the card worth question. Shoot. Do you know? I don't know how old or new. I, I actually, you said this card game is only a year old, right? Yes. It's going okay. on two years now. I'm wondering if the that Ghost Rare Omnion first edition, if it's just a mistake to sell it, if you should just hold it for 10 years. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. I have like a few years. Yeah, I have a friend that uh, has four of them. He loves to collect. He got those things locked up, bolted up, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're because I could see those being worth. Because Digimon is a franchise that has survived. It's a property that has survived. I don't think Digimon's ever going to like die out or go anywhere. So ten years from now, a super rare collectible of a Digimon card will probably still be worth money, even if you know who knows whether or not the card game will still be around. But assume, especially if the card game's still around, then even more so, I think those cards could work, be worth even more money. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you two don't play One Piece. Well, it just came well, out. Hold on. Uh, it just came out, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I got to actually figure out. Listen, one million percent, I'm going to buy whatever the starter yeah, decks if are. Wants to, if you want to meet up at AU, we could legit get the starter decks or whatever. And, like, are they officially out in English? Yeah, they're out. Yeah, it's out. It just came uh, out. I thought, I thought it was only out in Japanese. You know, oh, I'll, they're out here. No, they're here. Oh, I'll definitely get the starter decks. Yeah. Also, at, I at might, the very least, I might not only get the starter. I might buy a copy to just put away and never touch it because what what happened with fucking Yugi and Kaiba? Don't get me decks started. In Yu-Gi-Oh, those are thousands of dollars now. And One Legends Piece, of Blue Eyes. Yes, and One Piece is a bigger franchise than Yu-Gi-Oh. So, like, if oh my God. if at any point. Like it becomes real, or you know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, whatever. Like I can just see those being worth so much. What um? Do any do you? 
Do you guys know how the game is played at all or no? I actually don't. I did not watch. I'm going to do the same thing I did with Digimon last night because you can see I know a lot about the Digimon trading card game and I've never played it before. I'm impressed. But I watched one video. It was an eight minute video. And it, it, I guess it only worked because I knew so many of the concepts already. Like, mm, so yeah. if, if One Piece has similar concepts, I think I he- it does. I heard that it also has a very Dragon Ball Super esque feel to it, and I never played that game before. It does, from what I heard. Yeah, but I'm down to yeah. try it, Kenny. Like, we can definitely try it. So I think the the starter decks that are out right now are the Straw Hat Crew, the Worst Generation, which has like Captain Kid on it, the, the Shichibukai Seven Warlords, which has Crocodile, and then. Ooh. A fucking Kaido deck. Yeah, um, like, that's the thing. How are they just going to release from the very beginning? Like, how does Kaido have a deck in his fucking so, like, the first? I'm going to buy all four of these, like, guaranteed. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to buy all four of these. Yeah, that's dope, though, to have uh, Kaido, Shichibuku. I'm so excited. They're only 12 bucks. That's yeah, because only right is. now, only uh, only the starters are out, I believe, not set one yet. Yeah, I think set no, one comes out yeah. December. Oh, so okay. there's no like uh tra- like there's no packs yet. Right, so no we packs have yet to, until like December. Play with just get the starter. Oh, cool. So we're okay. I'm definitely buying. I'm gonna buy all four starter decks, yeah. guaranteed. So like I might order Amazon. them on Amazon today. Oh, they're on Amazon. Like, oh, I don't know if they're on Amazon, but I assume they are. That'd right? be great because we could bring them. We could play them out like Thanksgiving. I was I was planning on um this is like complete aside, but for Thanksgiving I was planning on having something either at my apartment or at uh Medina's or something. Yeah, yeah. And we could just like bring them and just have. Oh them. yeah. That'd oh yeah, I'm gonna. I'm definitely going to buy all four of them. If they're on Amazon, I'll buy them today. Like, yeah, oh, that sounds really fun. Uh, okay, so I guess before we completely get out of here, Cordero, I wanted to ask you, like, what are your top three favorite anime? You can feel free to throw out more if you want to. I don't want to it, make it too crazy. I know top three is always pretty hard, but at the very least, you know, what are like what are the top mentions that Cordero's got to talk about? Yeah, like your favorite of all time, just like anime that really you could just keep. You could watch that shit over and over again. You know so much about it. Oh, that's easy. Sailor Moon. Yep. Hell yeah. Not surprised. Uh, a newer one would be Seven Deadly Sins. I think, oh, I think I I I've seen that Deadly like nine times. Yep. You know you I like love that. Sense. I've only I love seen Mer- like, I love Merlin. two seasons, but. Yeah, I've seen two as well. So Seven Deadly Sins, Sailor Moon. Uh, this is hard. I'll say Card Captors. Oh, I love oh, Card Captors. Sakura? Yeah. Yeah. But like old school stuff. Yeah, that is old school. Wait, is there, new, is there new? card captors they made a new season only gave us one season like two three years ago called clear cards but yeah card captors was like my show with sailor moon and then with the reboot of sailor moon crystal that follows the manga i'm like i was in love i think i think frazier's saying like i posted so many statuses about that on facebook yeah you love that shit I'm, I felt alone, man. When Sailor Moon Crystal came out, I was watching that shit, and I pretty much knew nobody else that was watching it. But uh, and then also people were complaining about it at first. Like I don't know. I remember there was some hate for it, but I told I people it followed, it followed, followed the manga. That Crystal followed the manga. A lot of people don't realize they think it's trying to follow the show. I'm like, no, this is based off the manga, so things yeah. are going to be different from the TV show. And I all really like Crystal. And then you know what else I like? I don't know if I'm sure you have. But they years later they redubbed original Sailor Moon. I hate like, the new dub. Oh well, I didn't. I thought it was cool because I think I saw it on Hulu. Because you know, in the yeah, original, Hulu, yeah, Hulu did have it. Yeah, yeah, original Sailor Moon. You know, they called her Serenity, if I remember. But then exactly. I was watching it. I was watching it on Hulu, and they were calling her Usagi. Yep. And I was like, they did not, because I know that's her Japanese name. I hated I like, that they when did, they transferred it. I was what? like, they did not call her that in English. They were calling like, Usagi in English. Yeah, they. They changed, yeah, her, they changed the names completely. Because when I watched yeah. it, I was, I was still calling her Serena. 
Darian, Ray, Amy. Yeah, Mia. but then they made a new English dub, dub where they gave them the Japanese names. And I was like, what the hell? Wow. And their attacks name changed, too, like to the Japanese name. I'm like, nope, I'm still calling it whatever. Uh, Mars, Fire, Fire Ignite. I did all that stuff. Still the original. I love yeah, you did a little, you did a little hand sign yeah, right there. I don't hands. remember the hand sign. Jupiter, Thunderclap. Thunderclap. I used to love Sailor Moon. Jupiter's my favorite. Yes, Jupiter's my favorite too. And she had that Thunder Dragon. I remember when she first did the Thunder Dragon. I lost it. She was fighting some monster that kept on saying Vampy, Vampy. Yep, I remember that episode as clear as day. Over again, it just kept saying it. It was thrashing everybody. And then you know how everyone has their episode where they get a new power. And yep, Jupiter had her episode, episode, and she fucking did that Thunder Dragon, and that shit destroyed that creature. Oh, so good. So many nostalgic memories with that. But yeah, you have a good like top three, even though like, you know, you can shuffle them around with your top 10 or whatever like that. But yeah, you, you named three really good ones. I loved Car Captors. Uh, I remember like Clowry and Yahweh or Yue, whatever his name yep. was. The Moon uh, Guardian, Kiro. Yep. The that, when they transformed, then you had like the evil versions or whatever with the yep. the girl with the butterfly wings was like a counter to Yue. And then you had the pan- the Black Panther. Yep. Uh, was like supposed to be a counter to uh, her little guy, her little lion. Hero, yep. Yeah, that 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 anime, I never finished it. And I remember back in the day, like Channel 17 or Kids WB or whatever it was called, would just yep. re- yep. they would just play the same episodes. Pre, pre-internet, it was hard to finish an anime. It really was. like they would just redo episodes or like you would miss a day or like. Yeah. And then every Shoot time they got to the up. end, like they caught up, they would restart from the beginning. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I saw the episode of Dragon Ball Z. Roger and Vegeta, right? Not even that, that one too, but I'm I'm talking taking it all the way back. So when fucking Goku is on uh Nimbus and he's gonna go fight Raditz. Oh yeah. Well what oh, I'm yeah. saying is I remember during that era final explosion and then it would go back final explosion and then the next episode would be episode one of dragon ball z and i'd be like what the fuck you know how long like how many fucking years it's going to take to get back because it takes years it will take fucking actual like over a year to get back from raditz all the way to the end like that is insane so i hate it every time that would happen it would be like oh i remember I remember going to the library and like seeing pictures of like Super Saiyan trunks and stuff. I'm like, who the hell is this? Same. Oh, wallpapers and stuff yeah. like that. Well, Deviant wallpaper, art. Didn't, didn't even know who the hell they were. Me either. I used to see Super Saiyan trunks. There was that one picture. It's still this picture has aged so well. It's all of them with their arms folded. All I know exactly. The, I, know that, I know that picture. I know that yes. picture. All of the Saiyans, and they're all in Super Saiyan mode. When I tell you that that picture looks so cool, even to this day, like I love that fucking picture. Dude, there's so many awesome DBZ wallpapers from back in the day. Yes. And every once in a while. I had a friend in, I remember sixth grade, he had a binder and it was just like, and at this time, not everybody had a computer. So he just had a binder where he printed out like a bunch of wallpapers. He just had like all these pictures in the binder. And it was just like all these different DBZ wallpapers that I guess, you know, he found on the internet. I used to do the same thing. Oh my God. Like it was so cool because I didn't have access to the internet back then. So I'm like, oh, let me look at your binder. And I was just like, look through his binder every day. Oh man, I missed that shit. Yeah, that those were good times, honestly. Like, you know, it's obviously the nostalgia for us that makes it feel so good, but they were genuinely Really good times. Mm-hmm. I got one thing I wanted to say. I'm mad at both of you. How dare y'all stop watching Power Rangers? 
Oh, I, I there was watch, so I watched many, that episode. I watched that. There were so like, many of them, Cordero. There's so listen. There's you still watch all. You've seen all the series. I've seen them all. I'm like, but I've listened Damn. to that one episode, that podcast. I'm like, how dare you? Don't remember the Nasty Night chant. Rita did the Green Ranger chant. I'm like, I remember all that. Stuff. Listen, I, I listen, watching Power Rangers. I remember all the Green Ranger shit. I remember Rita. Listen, Muddy Morphin had, had three seasons. I know all of that. Like fucking. I know Power Rangers like Turbo in space. I watched them all. Um, and this and all just galaxy. last week I finished the new one, Dino Charge. But, but yeah, a lot of the newer ones, I like I've seen some of them because I, I might have mentioned this in the Power Rangers episode, but there was a period of time when I would hang out with my little brother a lot. He was like maybe five or seven, and he would like I would pick him up from daycare and we would watch Power Rangers on Netflix because I don't know if they they had a bunch of different so I, I ended up seeing like Power Rangers RPM. Um and Mystic Force. So I saw like some other ones during that time period, but I definitely have not seen all of them. Uh, just because yeah, because they brought back Lord Zed in the new one. Oh shit! Wait, in which one did they bring back? I'll check out and, Lord Zed. And, and, and if you watch this on Netflix, you watch uh Dino Fury in season two. They brought back Lord Zed. He's back. That's and cool. and uh, like the series just ended and they didn't kill him, so he's gonna be in Cosmic Fury. They gotta bring back those two guys, like the Ren and Stippy or whatever. Oh, every oh, every every, every, yes. every Power Rangers season, they have like a new Bulk and Skull. Yeah, they be like they had that little trolley ass music. Yeah, I watched some. Like I remember, like there were some things that would bring me back. Like I remember when they were talking about they were making that episode Forever Red, where it was like up until that point, all of the Red Rangers one episode and i remember watching that because they have the tommy anniversary yeah that tommy with like his red zeo and all this other shit and jason wasn't there and then like jason rolls up on his motorcycle and i never forget he's like you couldn't do this without the original red ranger uh-huh. like, that's fucking right jason that's fucking right no, that <laughs> do you want to know something funny with that episode i saw this, i saw this on a tiktok okay you remember that episode remember how when uh tommy said i met some of you guys have you guys ever wondered how the hell did he ever meets half these rangers right there was supposed like, to be, yeah, there were supposed to be like a special series where they all supposed to unite. Like Jason was supposed to have a set of Power Rangers working with him. Tommy was supposed to have a set of Red Rangers uh, and stuff working with him, but they never aired that. Okay. And plus, you know, Tommy and the Jason, they never got along in real life. Yeah, in real life, they don't get along. They oh, have man. Oh, but I can't God. wait for the 30th season because the original Black Ranger, Billy and Zach are gonna be in there with what? Rocky, That's dope. Rocky, uh Catherine, and then they're using Trainee's daughter in the show. Oh, that's an the awesome way to honor her that's memory. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, that's an awesome way to honor her memory. I really like stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I, I Give love the opportunity to somebody else. Yep, the that's original cool. Rangers plus the, the the original replacements. So like you know, Billy, Zach, Jason, Trini. Um, I'm just mad Tom. that like Kimberly and stuff didn't want to do it. Kimberly, she actually is a what is she now? She a director. She she directs Superman. Oh wow. wow. Mm-hmm. And then Rocky, and then I'm I'm know you guys know this, but fucking Adam, the the black I've wanted Adam Jack, Ichigo. I've wanted him. He's Ichigo, Johnny Young Bosch. Like the second Black Ranger is Ichigo's voice actor. That's actually so random. Yeah, so I've wanted <laughs> shit like that. Cool. Yeah, well, I, Zach works. I used. To I mean, I love Zach. That's yeah. cool. I fucking absolutely Zach. My three favorite Rangers of all time are Zach, Tommy, and Jason. Oh, from the original. Yeah, Tommy's number one. Uh, Jason and Zach, like those, like green, red, and black. Like I fucking those three are my absolute favorites forever. Uh, Tommy, Kimberly, and Jason. I just love 
Pyramidus, the, the, the gold ring. Yes, you know me. Yeah, that clip I sent you. Yes, I, I sent him a clip yesterday. That's awesome. The Gold Ranger is still like the absolute coolest thing that's ever happened to Power Rangers to me. That that costume, when the year I got to wear that costume, I said this is the only Halloween costume I need for the rest of my life. And then I outgrew it, obviously, because I was really young, really small. And I'm sure that nowadays I probably could buy some really high tech version of it, like some some oh, high yeah. quality Gold Ranger on some uh, Japanese website or something that just like sells. The gold yeah. ranger looks all, like the black and gold is so it sick. just looks so because like an actual ranger that would be all gold probably wouldn't look as cool but the black with it yeah it, the black and gold is a good is a good call because i think gold is i agree kind of all all gold you could pull it off but it'd you, be you tough could. it'd be tacky yeah. it could be go- yeah it's very gaudy in my head like you could look like some i imagine if they did a gold an all gold ranger it would look like one of the most powerful power rangers ever because i can imagine like all of his attachments and shit he probably have wings or something like made out of metal just like he would be extra he would be like when all yeah. the digimon uh when all the digimon combine and they make some crazy ass version yeah. of of a knight i can imagine a gold ranger looking something like that but for for just like a not to be too much the gold ranger would just like all of that black and gold together black and gold is just a match made in heaven it just looks so it's good clean. together mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I don't I'm sorry, Cordero. I don't think I'll ever watch all the Power Ranger seasons. There's just too fucking many of them. There's too many. Unless there. like I have a kid one day, you know, one oh, day I might be, have a kid and then like watch. Yeah, and then I'll go through them that way. But because my YouTube channel is actually from a Power Ranger name, from from a uh, Power Rangers Ninja Storm, one of the villains. Okay, so I'm a villain. Yeah, I never knew that because I never saw that one. So I never knew. I've seen episodes of Ninja Storm, but yeah, I haven't seen. Uh, So you're like a hardcore Power Rangers fan. Oh yeah, my mom is too. So wait, okay, this is really random. So because I think I said this in the Power Ranger episode, have you ever seen the YouTuber Black Nerd Comedy? Yep. And because he's a gigantic Power Rangers fan, and he had that one episode where he interviewed um, uh, Selvin Ward. First black leader of the Power Ranger. Did you ever see that? Because I, I think yeah. I mentioned I fucking that video made me laugh so hard. Because like I was they dying. kept stopping the video and he'd be like Selvin Ward. Because he said that Barack Obama became president because he was the first black leader of the Power Rangers. He was. Like, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe he said that. I cracked up laughing. <laughs> I fucking I haven't watched that YouTube channel Blackheart Comedy in a while, but I used to watch that channel a lot, and he was like a huge Power Rangers fan, and he just has like. He's a lot of really great energy. He's a fun guy to watch. Mm-hmm. But uh, your YouTube channel—I'll check out. Send me your YouTube channel. I don't—I um didn't know about you or your YouTube channel until Fraser said we were having you on. But I'll definitely check it out. Oh yeah, my my number one video. I think Fraser remembers this. Remember Kevin Silva? Yes, I do. Remember that video that challenged the Jeff where I instigated that? Yep. Where drama comes in. Yep. 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 <laughs> can you guys? Can you gotta watch that video? I gotta wait. I'll video. check it out. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, it's it's right up there as far as like videos in the community that are infamous because I get tagged in that shit on Zodiac Duel sometimes when yeah. they start talking about stuff like that. But it's like me and Peter Chang and then Jeff and Kevin Silva. <laughs> so yeah, those are some pretty big moments in the yeah, video's history. That is my most popular video, 68K. Damn. I'll definitely check it out. All right, before we get out of here, as you guys know, I always give a shout out to everyone on our Patreon. Thank you guys so much for the support. We really appreciate it. Uh, For people who are not on our Patreon, if you want to support the podcast, if you want to see exclusive episodes, episodes that literally they only drop on Patreon, they are nowhere else. Or if you also are interested in seeing video versions like this one where you can see Cordero and me and Kenny talking, 
Um, if you're interested in that type of thing, all of those episodes are dropped on our Patreon. So look for I Am Nerd Podcast on Patreon.com. And also, listener letters, we have a couple of those piling up, so probably in our next episode we'll address that. But uh, if you want to write into the podcast, you can write in at IamNerdPodcast at gmail.com, and we will read it aloud on the show. Again, that is IamNerdPodcast at gmail.com. You can write in anything you want. We'll read it, and as long as it's not obviously something crazy uh, that is offensive to some group of people. But, you know, you guys guys are smart. You guys are not going to do anything like that. So far, all the listeners we've gotten have been literally read at some point, and they're all actually pretty decent. So without further ado, for the people who are on our Patreon, shout outs. We got Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garrett, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello. Uh, Giovanni Avellos, Henri Reynolds, CJ, DubKDad1, Saul at Dabber's Gaming Cafe, and also Dank Ritual, Dan Verable, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, First to Home, Dalis Fernares, S. Akuma, Mitchell Nels, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safiris, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Roz Weiss, Nick Stango, Scott Palera, Hansu, our two-time national champion, Vincent Zen, Sarah Maria, Sonny at the Top Cut Podcast, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, Jalen Haskins, Arale, Melfi Slump, and last but not least, Dominic Couch. Thank you guys so much for the support. I also want to say, uh, for our Patreon, we are about halfway through the month now, so it's October 16th when we're recording this. Uh, we will be doing our Patreon-exclusive episode for the month of October, so I'm going to put a poll on Patreon for the people who have access to the exclusive episodes. Uh, so anyone who's at the, was it, main character tier? Or no, party member tier or higher. Uh, you guys will be able to vote on the exclusive episode and that will be dropped uh, towards the end of October. So that poll will be going up. I want to use the the Discord. So if you're in the Discord, we have a podcast suggestions channel and in there, people put in like things they want us to talk about and then we will put it into a poll and then that'll be what the episode is for the month of October. Also, at some point, we're going to do part two of the Life Advice episode. So that was a Patreon exclusive last month. And uh, there were we talked about investing... And a bunch of other stuff, but there's a lot that we didn't get to talk about, like relationship advice uh, and stuff like that. So we will be doing part two of that at some point as well as a Patreon exclusive, but uh, we'll get back to it. In any event, thank you guys again. As I always say, do the things that make you happy. Also, special shout out to Cordero and his YouTube channel, Vexica666. Thank you, Cordero, for joining us, talking about Digimon, course, talking about course. being a content creator, talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! days. Uh, and yeah, you're one of my really good friends for over a decade now in the Yu-Gi-Oh community. You've made the community very pleasant. So, well, I'm I'm very happy to meet you. I I like your energy. I can based on the things you said and the stuff I can see in the background. I can already tell we get along. So, oh yeah, I'll definitely be playing Pokemon with you. A hundred percent. I'm yeah. down. Yeah. All right. Well, until uh, Violet and Scarlet come out, we will speak again. All right. Peace out, everybody. Anyway, guys, have a good one. Do the things that make you happy.